Hello, everybody, and welcome to the third act. Today is November 23rd, 2016, and this is episode 79. My name is Justin. I'm Nick. Coming up this week on the third act, we'll be talking about the return to the Wizarding World, and that is Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. We're also going to be talking about Pixar's new trailer for Cars 3 and Martin Scorsese's passion project, Silence. We have a very special guest this week, and that is Hannah Hansen. Hey, guys. How you doing? And tell us a little bit about yourself, Hannah. Um, I'm living here in Seattle. I've been here for about a year. I work um, as a brewer for Elysian, and I've been an avid Harry Potter fan since I was, I don't know, like seven, probably. (laughs) Yeah. When did the first Harry Potter, like, when did the first book come out? I can't remember. I think it was 94? 93, 94. That early? No yeah. way. Was it? Mm-hmm. That's nuts Maybe to me. Maybe it was... I guess we can look. Let's, let's fact check that real okay. fast. I'm just curious. Just it was like mid-early 90s. Was it? That's nuts to me then. I feel ancient then. <laughs> uh, 97, yeah. You were right. Okay. Wow, that's so weird. Yeah. Huh. Weird. Time flies. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I was just thinking about like when the Deathly Hollows came out. That was 2007, so... Yeah. I remember finishing that in middle school, so... Has any... Well, I guess we'll get into it, but, um... Cool. Well, we're glad to have you, Hannah. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. Um, Nikki, what's been going on? Freaking nothing, man. Yeah? It's just work. You want to talk about your haircut? Uh, yeah. I showed my haircut lady a picture of Michael Fassbender, my (laughs) older brother, mentor, and best friend. And she was like, I know him. You are best friends. Here's his haircut. Do you know her name? No. I don't know her name either. I feel bad every time I go in there. I'm like, hello. How are you? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. Um, I have five days off now, including today. (laughs) Wait, starting today? Well, I worked today, and then I got off at four. And so now I have five days off, including today. So I am. I'm sorry. so much free time. So you you got you had yesterday off? No, today. Today and then the rest of the week will be off. Yeah. Cool. That's well, I don't know what to do with it. It's really too much time for me. Time to get super fucking high. I do that every day anyway. Well, just now now you can just go beyond. Like I want you to get to a point where you're getting so high you don't remember. Two I days. I can tell you about times where I got too high, and it was really terrible. <laughs> I won't. It's our, I've already done that. <laughs> Um, well, cool. I'm glad that life is looking dandy for you, as usual. Thanks. Yeah. Um, I've been pretty good. Um, I just played Bioshock Infinite for the first time. Oh, yeah, right. Um, have you played Hannah? No. Are you, like, I a gamer? I played I play one game, and it's Call of Duty Black Ops Zombies. That's it. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> I would have expected you to be, I don't know what it is, I just expected you to, like, to be kind of, like, I don't know, um, into something like Bioshock. I, I think feel like I'm the type Bioshock. of person, yeah. but I just never, like, when I was younger, I never had a video game console, so I mm. never learned how to yeah. make... That'll do it. That'll do it, yeah. Yeah, make it happen. So I played that for the first time. I kind of want to talk about it. Yeah. Are you, are you kind of, do you remember anything from Bioshock? Yeah, Infinite? of course. Okay, should I say it for what we watched? 
It's your show. <laughs> You're a part of it. You're, yeah. You've been here since I mean, the it's your structure, so I don't care. I don't want to take too much time talking about the intro, so I'll save it for what we watch. Okay. But yeah. pretty much love it. It's great. Uh, four and a half out of five. Um, if I had to rate video games based on our movie rating. Um, so yeah, I've been playing that. Then I played the first one, which was good. So I've just been doing that and just prepping my short film and just, you know, living alone. <laughs> How exciting. It's very cold here. It is. I have to turn on the heat. <laughs> I do too in my apartment. Yeah, you don't have heating? We do, but... Oh, you gotta pay for it? The, the, yeah, that and the living room, Justin and Greg, That's all right. their stuff is against the walls. So if I want to heat up the apartment, I have to move all their stuff <laughs> and then turn it on so I don't start a goddamn fire. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, so I just have a space heater instead. I kind of want to want like... Can you do like a Twitch live stream of you having to move stuff to turn on the heater? Yeah. Sure. How long would that take? Would that be like a ten minute video? Yeah, probably five <laughs> to ten minutes. This so could be really... something new. Like people are always looking for something new on Twitch. Well, now casual eating is. You're kidding. No, you didn't hear about that. No. It's kind of a big deal. So now one of <laughs> so you can like categorize your stream like yeah. video games, yeah. professional, yeah. Mega sixty four. They have talk shows like gaming talk shows, oh, cool. and now they have casual eating. I gotta watch some. Which of this. is a huge, huge thing in Korea and Japan. That makes sense. And so they're trying to appeal to Europeans and Americans, and actually, it's working. So do they like do they just live stream they just start eating or do they cook do we see the cooking it's everything you can imagine it's it's I'm cooking so ready. it's like commentary it, it could just be someone sitting there not talking at all it's all about um making people feel less lonely i'm so because yeah. that's like a huge problem in korea and japan that makes sense like people yeah. are super lonely over there yeah. and so like just sitting and down and you can talk to them you can chat with them and so it's actually like supposed to be kind of a companionship thing. Interesting. Okay, so hang on. But I'm sure, <laughs> but I'm sure for some people they go on and they masturbate to <laughs> girls eating food. That's probably what it is for the Americans, not the Asian. Ninety percent of people watching. <laughs> probably. So so hang on. It's not like the typical thing where it's like they're eating, but then they're like on the computer too. Are they? It's anything and everything. It's I don't whatever. know about this. As long as it involves like eating food in some way, then it's casual eating. I just want them to sit at a table and eat cereal. I don't some want... people do that. Okay, well, that's what I'm looking. Well, yeah, strictly <laughs> Lucky Charms. If we can, um, I'm cool with um, what's the other kind of brand of cornflakes? Cornflakes, I'm cool with that too. But I guarantee you. Not crazy I guarantee about that you, one. if you go to the casual eating section on Twitch right now, the top most viewed stream will be definitely a girl. Yeah. Probably Asian. Yeah. So it's on And Twitch. probably sitting and just talking to people, not really doing anything. Konnichiwa. So something like that or something. No, that was terrible. So what is Twitch? I'm still not familiar with this. Uh, it's, um, it's like, um, a replacement for vines. Not at all. Okay. Is uh, that right? What? Am I doing this right? Um. I don't know. I don't know Twitch. Like I don't, I've never actually go to browse. Browse. One laughter. Casual eating. <laughs> Maybe it's called something else. Let's check this one. No, oh, no she's playing. But she is great. Uh, eating. Just try, like eating or just eating? trying the word Maybe eating. It's not good social eating. Social eating. There it is. <laughs> it's in. It's in Asian. Opening a 
I told you. Look, it's not a woman, but it's an Asian person. Not in the United States. I don't know about this. So... You can interact with these people? Yeah, so on the right here. Oh, they're live right now. Yeah, this, this is exactly what I described. So on the right, these are all people talking to her, and she's seeing it live. Yeah. And she's just eating food and dancing. This it's, one has an older lady. I'm curious what she has to say. She's probably going to be all right. Oh, that's a boy. This is awful. I hate, <laughs> I hate social media. This is a... I hope it's a fad a that dies quick. It's Dude, it's been around for a long time. Ugh. It's going to stay Weird. around. Yeah. It's only going to get more popular. So there it is. There's a... If you're interested in, um, you know, that kind of thing, that's mm -hmm. on Twitch. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we will be uh, doing uh, two mini-reviews of uh, Real World. So it'll be episode six and seven since we forgot to do it last week, which I don't think we're missing too much. But Nikki, give, if you could describe in one word what we're looking forward to in your little review, uh, what would it be? One word. One word. About six and seven. About six and seven. I think you know the word we're looking for. It's Peter. It's gonna be good. No, my word is travesty. Travesty. <laughs> It's a good word to use for, for uh, Real World. So we'll be talking about Real World um, after our review of Fantastic Beasts. Um, bless you. <laughs> um, cool. So I guess without any further ado, let's hop into our main review. And that is Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. It was open? Just a smidge. That crazy Niffler thing's on the loose again? Uh, might be. Look for it. Look. Oh. His neck's bleeding. Oh. He's hurt. Oh, wake up. Mr. Nomad. <laughs> Mercy Lewis, what is that? Nothing to worry about. That is a mert lap. What else have you got in there? So... Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them is directed by David Yates and is written by author J.K. Rowling. And it stars Eddie Redmayne, uh, Catherine Watterson, Colin Farrow, and uh, a bunch of other people. And the plot synopsis is The Adventures of Writer Newt Scamander in New York's secret community of witches and wizards 70 years before Harry Potter reads his book in school. So, um, <laughs> it's like, you Kevin gotta, short. gotta, gotta shoehorn that Harry Potter in somehow. These are related. Yeah. Like Casey it. didn't know. Yeah. Casey didn't know from, like, Go watch the... it. Come on. <laughs> Wizards are back. Harry Potter's kind of back. <laughs> um, Hannah, since you're our special guest and Harry Potter experts, um, what are your general thoughts on Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them? Well, I was really excited um, for it to come out because obviously it's sort of an expansion on the wizarding world, um, and it it's canon, which is great because it's written by Rowling herself. Mm -hmm. um, and I thought it was great. I thought it was executed really well. I thought um, it was a nice reintroduction to the magical world, and it was it was magical. <laughs> That's what it was. Rock on. Cool. Well, I think I'm going to be kind of the opposite 
for for this because I think I know how you feel about it. Um, I thought it was good. I was, I thought in terms of like a prequel to something, it definitely did a good job. Not holding on to references not too at all. much. Yeah. It did it it was its own thing, so I greatly appreciated being its kind of own thing. It didn't mm-hmm. have to rely too much on um, Harry Potter lore. Like there would be a few mm-hmm. name drops, but everything felt kind of distant and re- and original enough and refreshing to mm-hmm. a degree. Yeah. So that's what I admired a lot from it. Um Um I was really irritated with like the first hour um, up until we go into the briefcase. Mm-hmm. After we get into the briefcase, the movie really picks up speed for me, and it really starts working. Um, I thought the cast was pretty solid. Uh, there were some subplots that I think could be totally dropped, but maybe that's for future films too. But as for the film itself, not crazy about them. Like All the John Voight stuff could be totally thrown out the window. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, I had a good time. Um... um and I just, I don't, I think it's because also I don't like the, I'm not crazy about the the, the last Harry Potter film, like Deathly Hollows Part 2. Really? I wasn't crazy about the whole movie itself. It's, I guess, the last time I saw it was in theater, so I don't think I'm on, like, the, like, the, the Harry Potter fandom uh, page. But I do like the films and appreciate the films for what they are, mm-hmm. and being kind of our generation of star wars you know so it you know for a fantastic piece i had a good time it was fun um a little grading at times but uh it's good nikki uh i always got very excited for the harry potter movies as a new one came out Mm -hmm. as they came out i recognized each one had flaws some Mm -hmm. of them were extremely flawed some of them were very good yeah but even as they were coming out, I recognize even if I could come out of one and be like, that wasn't very good, I'd still be like, well, I'm still really excited for the next one. So okay. I didn't really grow up on the books too much. I was surrounded by it, but I didn't, I think I read a few. Okay. Uh, but, Those uh, movies mostly. Yeah. Uh, so just, wait, did you read the seventh book before? No, I didn't know what happened in most, in any of the movies before they came out. So, my, so that was really cool. My problem with seven was I had a certain idea of how seven played out and the yeah. way seven mm-hmm. played out, I did not like. So yes. I think that definitely played a role. So for you and did you read? So you read the book before? Yeah. Okay. So, so let's do like a quick little mini review mm-hmm. of Deathly Hollows then. Okay. So how did you feel about it after afterwards? Um, well, after reading the whole series, mm-hmm. I after you know film six, they mm-hmm. had obviously left out so many important details that were you know totally necessary to finish telling the story. Um, and so going into seven, part one and two, I mm-hmm. knew that they were going to have to pull something together right. to make the story flush out and, um, finish properly. And I think that's why they chose to do it in two parts. Makes sense. Um, but even two parts seemed a little bit too long for the story that they had to tell, but one would have been too short. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I think, you know, I think they were good. I don't think they were the best of the Harry Potter series, but, um, part two... I cry from beginning to end every single time. So I, I get that. I get like the like the emotional aspect yeah. of it, where it's like this is the end of an era, pretty much. Because what that's like a ten year franchise at the yeah. time. Yeah. So you know, and you know, you like uh, Snape. Well, I mean, a lot of characters at that point were passing in that film. Yes. So I definitely, uh, I think, emotional for audiences who grew up with the films and whatnot. Um, and then Nick, you you didn't read the book so everything that you were watching in the film was kind of 
fresh to you. Yeah, I mean, I knew about the big deaths because those were everywhere and it was impossible to avoid. Mm -hmm. Oh, Um, so you knew about Harry dying and everything? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but did you know about, like, Snape and everything? Yeah. Okay, so you knew, okay, cool. Yeah, Um, so I knew that was going to happen, but I didn't know the context or how or why. Right. Um, But yeah, no, I actually, I mean, I think I've only seen Deathly Hallows 1 and 2 once. Uh, really? in theaters because okay. I haven't had a chance to go back but mm. I remember really loving them I thought they were great mm. um, be- probably because I had nothing to compare them to and they were just totally standalone for me I thought the pacing was excellent through both of them that was my rule after Deathly Hollows. I was like if I'm really interested in a movie and it's uh, based on a book I want to see the movie first and then read the book because yeah. I feel like after I've seen the movie I can like I don't know, it's just a weird, it's like I have certain expectations then, and I know that I should let the movie do its own thing, but then those, yeah. you have those preconceived things yeah. in your head, and it's like reading the script, basically, before this. But the nice thing about Fantastic Beasts is, like, it's based, it's not really based on anything, it's its own thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Which is interesting. Yeah. And then to see it also, um, like, at least for Harry Potter fans, this is the first Harry Potter film where, like, you know, the diehard fans have gone to see the film without... Mm-hmm having any idea of what to expect. That's right? true, yeah. And I think that was really refreshing for me because mm-hmm. I didn't go into it, um, you know, expecting this, 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 and this, and then got mm-hmm. something completely different like mm. we did with the original eight films. Yeah, true. So. And then, Nick, did, uh, what were... I think I cut you off too early, so what were your general oh. thoughts on the film? I thought it was excellent. Mm-hmm. I think it's a flawed film. Okay. I think there are a few aspects that um, are objectively not good, but the charm of the writing the charm of the casting um for sure Mm -hmm. and the um just the very genuine amount of heart that was put into the production like you can really feel that everyone involved with this was so fucking passionate about it Mm -hmm. and they wanted this to be exactly what it was and exactly what they got too in the end um i think jk rowling probably still struggles with screenplays it sounds because mm-hmm. obvious because i've i mean i haven't read cursed child but <laughs> i have heard a lot of people talk about it and i've read excerpts from it and it seems like it's not good she didn't write that she didn't write cursed child oh i thought no, she did the cursed oh. child was written by two entirely unrelated people uh, like oh, at least what? in the wizarding world and then jk rowling just gave it her stamp of approval oh okay. wow i thought she wrote oh, oh my gosh no see that's okay. why it's so horrible and that's it sort <laughs> yeah. of like bastardizes the entire wizarding world oh, it's yeah we don't need to go too deep in the <laughs> yeah because I, yeah, I, I read a couple things with cursed child and i like i like ideas in it but then when it got to like particular like the villain i was like okay that's yeah. a bit of a stretch you know yeah. so and they play with time just way too much. Yeah, that's, I heard that yeah, too. Yeah, the time turner thing. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. The time turner was always kind of like a problem I had with Harry Potter. Well, yeah. yeah that's like, that's why they they made a... J.K. Rowling herself mm-hmm. and the writers, the adapters of the films made a very distinct point that the time turner is going to be in Prisoner of Azkaban. It's going to stay in Prisoner of Azkaban. We're not going to pull it out because we know that would ruin everything and fuck it up. So you're never going to hear about it ever again. Yeah. So. But then it lo- like that's a leaning thing over the franchise. Then it's like, well, why didn't they just use the time turner in the, yeah. uh, the, the next yeah. series of films? Well, so it's, it's sort like... of explained though. Like Dumbledore says that you know they're extremely like pretty much against the rules. Like they're darn near illegal. Right. Mm-hmm. And the Ministry has confiscated most of them. So uh, okay. I think it's something yeah. that a normal but is that person. But in the movie. Can... 
No, it's never in the film. Yeah. yeah. That's the problem with the... Like, I'm fine yeah. if that's in the book, but in the movie, the movie needs to kind of defend that, as opposed to, like, oh, it's in yeah. the book. I'm like, oh, no, it needs to be in the movie. It's like, yeah, that's just how I feel, like, in terms of, like, if you're going to adapt something and you adapt, like, the time turner into the film, at least address what happens to You have to time. tie up your loose ends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they do it in Azkaban at all, if, like, talk about that in terms of, like, um what happens post-Time Turner events, but mm-hmm. it's been a while since I've seen it. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember. But Alfonso Cuaron was the director of the yes. Harry, oh, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, That's boy, why it looks so fucking amazing. That's why it's the yeah. best-looking Harry Potter film. It's, it is. It is yeah. beautiful. Which is a problem I have with this one. Um, I think it looks very sterile, which... I think it's on purpose, but... Yeah, it, I think it absolutely is on purpose. But even, like, even like that, even once, like, you know, um, I think after the events in Fantastic Beasts, where, you know, it gets to the end, everything still feels kind of sterile, mm-hmm. and I wanted it to feel a little more lively, like, even, like, in, um, as the Harry Potter films got on, they got darker and more gray in tone, this felt pretty flat for me for the most really? parts. Wait, you mean so it didn't feel dark or anything? It just felt like nothing? Or you it mean felt it felt flat. too dark? It felt flat. It didn't feel too dark. It felt too flat. I felt like it was more um, in the vein of like earlier Harry Potter films in terms of mm-hmm. uh, in terms of like it's uh, uh, I, I don't know it's, it's uh, ability to be fun and exciting but it's had but when it's put in a gray kind of background like that nothing really like especially when they go into the uh the zoo in his briefcase like it stuff popped out but like when it when as the film progressed nothing else really popped out for me or at least the color palette didn't become more interesting as the film went on maybe more so at the end with the bakery but like Mm -hmm. i sort of felt that that was intentional and Mm -hmm. i my one i guess dislike of this film is how and i I understand that it's intentional but the united states is painted in a really dark way and I loved that. <laughs> yeah, to us, I mean, I, yeah. It does make sense as far as, like, uh, you know, where the U.S. was um, politically and, like, economically at the time. True, um, yeah. And then it does sort of reflect, like, everything that our country was going through. Mm-hmm. But it also just, it's it's tough to watch. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah, it's really tough to watch. And then also thinking about... Um, like, all the parallels between how the wizarding world in the U.S. is, like, totally kept separate, and mm-hmm. it's such a... It's, 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 I was going to say it's bordering on prejudice, but no, it is prejudice. Yeah. They're, like, mm-hmm. extremely... Both ways. They feel extremely intolerant to rebels. Yeah. That's a nice thing about And terrifying, like oh, the yeah. death penalty, oh, where yeah. they just, like, you <laughs> that two, was, you're gone. Yeah. incredible. Yeah. Which part was this? I saw this in your review, and I can't remember where in the... Okay, so when... Uh, I can't remember where so this happens. They're in the ministry. Right. Oh, yeah. oh! Like you get dragged when, to the yeah, big yeah, white room yeah, with the I fucking acid. Yeah. <laughs> Just because, yeah, and I felt like, why the fuck is Catherine Watterson going into the pool of death? Because Graves sent them both, because... So Catherine Watterson, the, the character, life. knew that well, Newt yeah. was in... Um, you know, the city, yeah. and he had released magical creatures, and they mm-hmm. assume that the, what's it called, the awe, uh, obscure, obscure, was one of his beasts, and mm-hmm. so they sent, sent, sentenced them both to death. Yeah. 
Oh, okay. I remember that. I, nah, that was one that went in my head completely. I was like... Wow, that was amazing. It was a good scene. I just forgot about it. That's all. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, let's talk actors real fast. So, mm-hmm. uh, how do you guys like Eddie? Uh, loved him. Loved him yeah. so much. Yeah. <laughs> he, okay, so me and Sarah both said the exact same thing. Okay. After we got, I mean, we didn't see it together, but we, she texted me the same thing I was thinking as I was walking out of the movie, is that I felt Eddie Redmayne was playing him slightly autistic. <gasps> That's how I felt yeah. he was too. And it was yeah. extremely it endearing. Works really well. Yeah. And it works for the character. Yeah. It, it isn't is just now. like, yeah. I'm going to be a human rights thing and make him autistic for no reason. Yeah. It works for the character and it happens to be a really wonderful move in terms of providing exposure right. and a po- more importantly, a very positive exposure yeah. to people yeah. who have autism. Yeah. That's I thought that I... was fucking brilliant. Like, his, his whole performance was so good. When I when I was watching his performance, I just be, I just at first was really annoyed with him for the most part. So yeah. I was like, this guy's fucking annoying. But then as the film went on, I was like, well, once he really got into his briefcase and mm-hmm. you saw him interact with his animals. Yeah, I saw him in his world, and I yeah. was like, this is what I want. And mm-hmm. as the film went on, you got to not know more of him, but you got to become more yeah. comfortable. We got with four him. more movies yeah. with him, so. I, they're saving that deep development for later. Oh yeah, with all the whole yeah. love good thing oh, or yeah, it's strange. A, yeah, it's strange. Yeah, it was strange. That okay, should be yeah. really interesting, too. actually. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm sort of wondering if maybe the reason because I was very curious as to why um, Newt got kicked out of Hogwarts in the first yeah. place. They mentioned. I'm that sure they'll. Yeah. Yeah, they'll I'm, absolutely I'm wondering if he was, you know, like taking one for the team, kind of for. Yeah. And, you know, in terms of questions, this movie presents its questions in such a wonderful way. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. one line, and if you miss it, you're done. You don't get yeah. to hear that again. You have to rewatch it, or someone will tell you That's about true, it. That's true, yeah. It doesn't care if you... It, it, this is what it is. It assumes the audience is intelligent. Yes. This whole movie, mm-hmm. the writing, the characters, it assumes that the audience is intelligent and open-minded. Yeah. yeah. But like, it also sets you up for success. It's not leaving absolutely. anyone laying, you know, out in the... Yeah. Yeah. Alone. It also yeah. It also helps you <laughs> along. If there's stuff you can't appreciate, there's gonna be other stuff you can appreciate. Yeah. Like I, f- I feel like you know, on you as as a director and as a film analysis type, probably oh, have some issues with it. But yeah. as someone who enjoys a good story and a good character, you enjoyed those things. Yeah. Whereas like even the things where you're like, okay, technically that wasn't good. Yeah. You can still be like, but it had this great heart and this great passion to it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Um. That's my exact thoughts on the Fairly Odd Parents movie. Wait, did you watch that? <laughs> no. Oh, damn it. <laughs> Come on, Fuck man. No. You gotta watch it. I was, you know, I thought about three times today. <laughs> you okay? Well, sometime, oh, here's what we're gonna do Black Friday. We're gonna get back at like 4 30 in the yeah, morning. Yeah. You're gonna be so exhausted, and I'm gonna make you watch it. I might be down for that. It's gonna be absolute misery. Uh, it's the most obnoxious film I've ever fucking seen. Anyway, well, that's passion, man. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I thought I thought Eddie was good. Um. Mm. I thought the guy who stole the show though was my boy Colin Farrell. Yeah. I thought he was amazing. fucking great. He was good. He was. He was I quite good. really liked yeah. him. I always thought I thought he was decent for the whole thing, but then at the end when you kind of see his motivation come to light when he's like you know at like uh kind of when he's got newt on the ground he's just like (laughs) oh yeah oh yeah one okay this is complete tangent not related but uh man 
like the thing I was most excited for in this movie is seeing fucking people using their wands. Oh, because it is the most. It is the most badass. Like, like, and they're adults who are doing it. This is no longer exactly. This is a child's play. So like the deflections. Yeah. Like oh man, I could watch that shit for fucking eight hours. Just one yeah. big one, like because like when Quinny is cooking, yeah, yeah, all the like just the way the effects are done. Like on a serious note, the way the effects are handled in this and in the Harry Potter movies, it's consistent. Is they're just so consistent, like top of the line, like spectacular, just like really pretty, but at the same time able to evoke specific emotions. Like mm-hmm. the magic in this felt a lot darker, mm-hmm. and it felt more direct and adult Mm -hmm. like the spells they were using were extremely simple but extremely effective like you know you don't have these kids like going like i want to do this crazy like well we know how to deflect we know how to stun Mm -hmm. we know how to fucking yeah exactly (laughs) that's all that's all we need yeah when i first started watching the film they're operating everywhere i was like this is just too convenient i I thought that too yeah then i started to think okay well we but everybody has harry's perspective and harry's a little kid who doesn't know how to operate yet, and so yeah. for him it's like this awful, painful experience. It's really challenging. Mm-hmm. But right. it's not. I'm not. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm yeah. not in the whole Harry Potter like wands or magic model or whatever. What's apparate? Is that what they, <laughs> they teleport? teleport? Yeah, they, okay. yeah. From point A to point B. <laughs> Which I'm. I was more in the finals because I'm like, well, if yeah. you have the ability, fucking do it. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah, and it's it's. If it was, like, one character that could do that, you'd be like, oh, that's stupid. That's yeah. cheating. Oh, but yeah. everybody can do it. Oh, yeah. So it's on fair ground. So the story, you know that the story isn't going to be skewed yeah. for the hero because he can operate and the bad guys can. Yeah. And it it provides a cheap but very effective plot convenience. Yes. Like, it's gonna that's going to be a really nice plot convenience for the next mm-hmm. four movies. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's the one thing I'd forgotten about this film were the wand fights. I was like, as soon as they started going at it, I was like, this is what I love. I know, instead of, like yeah. if I if I had to choose something over like instead of like lightsabers, wand fights. I completely wand agree. Wand fights are so yeah. cool. They're they're so dynamic and yeah. interesting and hard to understand, which is why they're cool. Yeah. Like if you just watch a wand fight, you're like, holy fucking shit! <laughs> I don't know what's going on or who's gonna win. Or it's like there's yeah. so much you can do with a wand. Other yeah. Than just you know you can you can do all these like like I don't know these these bursts of magic, but you can also do other things with it too mm-hmm. so it's like it's always fascinating with the uh, wand fights i'd forgotten about so that was a nice little like throw uh, not throwback but like treat this yeah. yeah i do what i fucking love about the harry potter universe especially cinematically mm-hmm. is that whenever it ha- whenever it presents a rule yeah. that seems like it's gonna break the universe a little mm-hmm. they're consistent they don't disobey that rule Mm -hmm. they never like go back on it and once it's gone it's gone they don't bring it back it's never it's very rarely they have these opportunities where things could be a huge plot convenience and they're rare they rarely are they're usually just there to make things more interesting Mm -hmm. yeah and i that's like it's it's there's so many times where the movie could have been so lazy and it never was Mm -hmm. they always took the more interesting intelligent route with the plot yeah Mm -hmm. How'd you guys dig uh, Catherine Watterson as Tina? I kind of thought she fell a little flat. I thought she was good, Mm -hmm. but um, she didn't pop out to me in any particular way. Except at the end where she, you know, has that exchange with Newt. He's like, oh, I'll bring you the book. I'll deliver it to you. And she has that little skip. You know, but... I thought she was great, actually. Uh, I should say the first like <clears throat> half, it was hard for me to kind of was like. Eh. Yes, how I it felt took me. It just I, once I warmed up to her, I thought she was great, but it took me a really long time to warm up to her. 
It took me a, a little bit to warm to her too, but I think what worked was her relationship with Newt's because they were mm-hmm. so awkward together. I was like, okay, yeah, this works because they work together, so I can get behind this more. Mm-hmm. Uh, how'd you guys like? Uh, what's his name? Um, Dan Fogler as Kowalski. Everybody loves Kowalski, the baker. I thought he was okay. Really? Yeah, I, I would have preferred a different type of character completely. That, that was my problem with it, is he, the actor, mm-hmm. did a wonderful job in his portrayal, mm-hmm. but I thought the character was... Okay, the character was Under obviously... Mentioned. The character was obviously audience perspective. But, like... Right. But with... I don't know, with a movie like this, I don't want that. I don't want there to be this character who kind of fringes on breaking the fourth wall. I just want them to totally come in and not worry about the audience. Yeah. Like, give us... I felt like he was the heart, though. He was, That's true. He absolutely was. He kept it lighthearted and funny and silly. But, but at the same time, a lot of the kind of funnier or funnier parts of the movie I was I didn't like Mm -hmm. because all the undertones that are really dark and emotional and brooding and like based in reality like there's you know there's fucking themes of child abuse Mm -hmm. uh, uh, government uh, you know overreach um, fucking death just all these loneliness being abandoned all these horrible things and for me I just kind of I didn't I really didn't appreciate the funny parts I appreciated like the cute parts and the sweet parts so did you not like the the Central Park stuff? No, I well I thought that was cute, so I was like oh, that yeah. worked, and it and it gave us a really good look at what um, Newt's character was like. So it was important. Yeah, it, it helped us yeah. provide like what a big part of what his character is in that mm-hmm. scene. So that's that. But with Kolowski, I didn't like his stuff because I just I was like eh, it's too uh, on the nose. Mm-hmm. It should be a, it should, why are you doing this? I felt he was a little underwritten. Like yeah, like I felt like yeah. he wanted to have a bakery and then. Pretty much he just hangs out with Let's yeah. give him a motive that we can manipulate at the very end of the third act. Oh, uh, yeah, they show definitely... the audience. Yeah. But, like, they they said bakery, like, twice in the whole movie. Yeah. It's like, oh, he has his bakery. Like, that wasn't earned. They just said the word bakery. Well, it's just, I don't think they need to show the aftermath. Like, I like the kiss in the rain and then just yeah. leave it at that. Because I, th- I feel like it would have, like, everything would have, you would have figured out where the character would have gone from that point on. Yeah. Another thing about the rain thing. So, <laughs> I have a, have a couple issues with this. I okay. know that it's not like the normal... I have a lot normal, of issues with the rain. Like, yeah. I know it's not the normal, like, magical, like, way to erase someone's mind. Right. And, but it all... I'm very confused as how everyone's mind was erased all at once. Because, so people were standing outside in the rain. Mm-hmm. They get rained on, obviously. Mm-hmm. It works for them. But then there's people who are inside... And you see them, like, in the shower, drinking water yeah. or whatever. Did it make it through New York's that, water system that quickly? That, that was my interpretation of it. Like, the water... Yeah. They were drinking... It just happened so fast. It all happens at once. Like, it's yeah. raining outside, and then they drink the Kool-Aid. But yeah. maybe yeah. I'm... That's that was my I was like whatever you know you know what I would you know I would have preferred and I guess this kind they couldn't have done this because I feel like it kind of would have ruined the Harry Potter universe but just from a storytelling standpoint man it would have been so interesting if they didn't if they weren't able to reverse those people's minds and then the next four movies are dealing with this horrible wedge in the Muggle world realizing the at least the American Muggle world realizing. And then that that would create huge, wonderful plot lines to span the next four movies in really massive ways. Nick, they don't want to think. They want to like know how to get to the end. I don't, don't agree because this was a thinking movie. I mean, it, <laughs> it was is, a but fun. It's like they don't want to make it too big of a thing. I think. 
They got other yeah. things. They got other things to tackle. They yeah. got the definitely Hollows, Dumbledore, Door. Yeah. You know, Voldemort's coming. You know, shit's yeah. gonna happen. Voldemort. I think the back. whole Grindelwald stupid. thing oh, is gonna be the most interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. And like while we're watching Graves, you know, you're watching him do magic, and half the time the magic that he's doing, he's not using his wand. I don't know if you guys picked up on. Yeah, that. I did what? notice that. Sometimes. Yeah, he wasn't yeah. using his wand. He was doing all the magic without his wand. You're mm-hmm. kidding. And, I don't know you could do that. Yeah, and there's also like a lot of little hints here and there where you're seeing um, different things that Grindelwald is doing that obviously must have inspired Voldemort to do things he's doing. He mm. hands um, Credence mm-hmm. the Deathly Hallows necklace. That's all. It says you just have to touch it, yeah. and I'll be called to you. And that's just like the dark mark. Yeah. You mm. know. And mm-hmm. so there's parallels there, mm-hmm. and wow. there's parallels with him wanting to use um, other people's dark magic and dark mm-hmm. powers for his own gain, such as the Obscurist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I don't know. I'm really excited to see where that goes. I like the character of Graves from just the idea that he's the first evil wizard, I guess, or dark wizard. Um, uh, <laughs> I don't know if I'm... Like, I didn't know about... Johnny Depp. Oh, I didn't either. I don't, yeah. think any, I don't think anybody knew about that. I was like, what is this? I knew that he had been cast. Yeah? And oh, really? yeah, there was a couple, um, you know, like, people have been talking about that a little bit. Yeah. But they also said that he wasn't going to be in this film. I guess, like, the word on the street was that he had one shot in this film. Yeah. Um, there you and go, yeah. I assumed it was the first shot at the back of his head. Right. When yeah. he's blonde and he, you know, <laughs> takes out right. all the other guys and then you have a couple shots later and you see the back of Graves' head and you're like, oh, they have the same haircut. They look very much alike. Oh. How I interesting. That I, 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 as soon as yeah. I saw that, like, the way they introduced yeah. Graves, I was like, this guy's fucking the bad guy. Oh, yeah. See, I thought that, that they were like, just, like, like in I thought, cahoots. I yeah. didn't think that they were going to be the same person until oh, no, really. a little bit later on. Who else on. has that weird hairstyle? Right? You know, they got the same exact haircut. Yeah. I was like, well, maybe they go to the same barber. I don't know, you know? That's a Harry Potter movie I want to see. Yeah. The barbershop? The barbershop. <laughs> um, I mean, it's it's a classic weird-looking Johnny. I think this is yeah. the most... Very weird. Look like regular looking Johnny Depp. Yeah, they didn't go too far with it. I mean, it still looks kind of crazy with the whole eye thing and everything. And yeah. I was like, okay. Oh. I was a little worried, though, that maybe like with Johnny Depp they would have gone too far. Like, you know, raised his pupils or like done what they did to Voldemort, take away a nose. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, that was always too much for me. Voldemort yeah. having no nose. Like, yeah, he's a snake. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a um, weird. Yeah. Um, Makes for a lot of good jokes, though. That is true. Mm-hmm. I've, I've seen plenty. <laughs> Uh, I didn't recognize this actor until afterwards, but, um, how'd you guys dig Ezra Miller as You didn't realize it was him? I'd seen him in, we need to talk about Kevin, and that's it. And I'd seen him in, like, previews for, uh, what's it called? Justice Justice League. League. And, um, I hate his haircut, but I like his character. His haircut was the worst. Yeah, it was. That's yeah. a barbershop I would never go to. (laughs) Yeah, I thought Ezra was great. Uh, more so than him... His fucking mom was goddamn terrifying. Like, she was... She really fucking scared me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the vitriol and the... And God, you know, I mean... <laughs> it's so <laughs> shitty, but, like, the things she was saying... People are saying that today in our country. Yeah. And yeah. they mean it, and yeah. they're gonna do something about it. And yeah. that's fucking scary. between, like... I feel like this film is a big political commentary. I'm not knowledgeable enough to... I I, I wouldn't yeah I I would expect that the next f- four films one of, kind of the big 
one of the, some of the big overarching themes are probably going to be about people fucking hating people for stupid reasons and bigotry and racism and a lack of acceptance. Well, more so, this is the first Harry Potter film set in America. Or, yeah. Um, what's another word that's not Harry Potter? Well, I guess it, that we would just have to call part of the Harry Potter franchise. The Wizarding World. The, wiz- the Wizarding Harry the Potter WW. J.K. Rowling. J- the J.K. World. So, in the J.K. World, um, this is the first time we, we are set in America. So, we're getting yeah. the American side of, like, wizarding and whatnot, which was interesting, and I hadn't thought about that until afterwards, because I had always had forgotten that we had never seen the American side in mm-hmm. um, the Harry Potter films. We'd only seen, like, the the uh, Europe side, I guess. Yeah. Um, so, I think if, if they do return to another part of um, of America, I wouldn't want them to be back in New York. I would want them to keep go. I would want... First of all, I would want Redmayne's character to keep exploring um, the world more mm-hmm. so. Not just um, America, but like maybe like he mentioned, what was it, Australia, he said? Uh, Arizona. Bird? Arizona, sorry, yeah. yeah. So like, you know, different parts of the U.S. and then maybe like different parts of the world, just, mm-hmm. you know, just so we can see more of these uh, yeah, the cultures. fantastic pieces. Yeah. And yeah, cultures and how the wizarding, cultures, wizarding yeah. world uh, is affected by it. Yeah, that would be super cool. Mm -hmm. I'm sort of hoping that um, the next film, or in one of the films, we'll get to see Ilvermorny, which is the U.S. um, version of Hogwarts. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that sounded... They dropped that and was like, what? Mm -hmm. There's a a wizarding school? Like, I thought it was only Hogwarts. I didn't know there was more schools, so I'd be very curious to see that. Yeah, Yeah. well, I mean, I guess the fourth um, book, they talk about there's other schools, you know, Durham Street. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, But... I don't know if you guys have checked out Pottermore, but it's not a very good website. It's pretty poorly designed, but they oh people like, love it though. I remember. Yeah, and you can get sorted into your house um, yeah. in Ilvermorny, and there's Puckwudgeon. Oh, is, oh, it's different houses. Oh, yeah, right, right. there's Puckwudgeon, awesome. Thunderbird, and Thunderbird is the same type of bird as Frank, mm-hmm. who wants to go to Arizona. Mm-hmm. So oh. I'm wondering if they like decide your house at Ilvermorny um, by like your area where you come from. It's like maybe people from Arizona area are all Thunderbirds, and maybe people from, you know, the Northwest are all Puckwudgie. I don't know. (laughs) Is Neville from, is Neville in Gryffindor? Yeah. Okay, okay. it's been a while. Mm -hmm. I wanted to revisit the first Harry Potter film, but just didn't feel like it before. Mm -hmm. Um, The Beasts. So this is a movie called Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. How would you like the, uh, the creature designs in the film? Super great. Yeah. Very charming. Uh, obviously, they did. Ha- they did have a few moments of um, really wonderful spectacle. Obviously, I mean that's what you expect. Obviously, right? Um, yeah, I thought they were all very well designed, very thoughtfully designed. <clears throat> um, some of them are kind of like, yeah, I can, you know, this is basically a griffin, and this is basically a wyvern. But then the other stuff is like, wow, okay, I've never thought of this. The giant. Big thing on the ice lake. With oh, oh, that was cool. Yeah, yeah. What? Interrupted. Interrupted. Yeah. They actually yeah. talk about that in the seventh Harry Potter oh, book. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh. It, an interrupted oh. horn blows up um, Luna Lovegood's house. Oh, okay. Yeah. So much. Nice. Yeah, so, there you go. <laughs> That's yeah. great. I like a little, that. Little treat there for the, <laughs> <laughs> the readers. Um, have you read? So you read. Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, right? No, I haven't. I've looked through it, but I haven't, like, sat down and 
read at all. Okay, yeah. cool. I was gonna ask then, like, I guess, like, I guess, I don't know, like, how the book describes, like, if the book describes the creatures at all. And I think that's what, yeah. uh, it's not a novel, right? It's more like a guide. Yeah, it's yeah. like an encyclopedia. So, yeah. yeah, I think they would just, it's just page after page of okay. just detailed descriptions. Yeah. So I, I assume think. that most of the creatures in the book haven't changed too much in the film. Probably not. I'm guessing not. I'd imagine they'd be identical. I don't have any... Rock on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else? Um... I thought like the CG for the for the uh, creatures sometimes wasn't uh, as good. If you're gonna call this movie Fantastic Beasts and Where the Fuck, <laughs> I'm like I I compare it to like Jurassic Park where we see like the dinosaur for, for the first time and there's this awe and spectacle and they look great. I see these guys and I'm like I oh, don't know, not all of them <laughs> work for me. Um, like when we go into the the zoo for the first time, yeah. that worked for me. I was like this is so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't care about the invisible. Uh, uh, Sid Sloth thing from uh, Ice Age. Oh, I thought he was cute. He was cute, but I was like, yeah, you're, you're just a sloth. Yeah. The same thing, like he, like this, the the guy was cute and I liked him, but I didn't care for his design. Was the uh, the little rat that kept stealing things? The Niffler. The Niffler. Yeah, I, I thought like his him. little pouch was adorable. His though. pouch was a cool idea. Yeah. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but my favorite was the uh, the purple dragon thing. Oh yeah. I don't remember oh, okay. what it's called. <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. Uh, that was my, I think that, aside from the zoo, was my favorite sequence, was oh, really? how the purple dragon thing worked. Oh, yeah, yeah with the yeah. teapot and the bug in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I thought I was that was very a clever confused way. by the bug in the teapot. I was like, why are they going to put a bug in a teapot? Yeah. This makes no sense. <laughs> I thought it was clever. It worked yeah. really well for mm-hmm. me. Um, uh, yeah. Anything yeah. else? I'm sure there's plenty. I'm just not thinking of any. I guess mm-hmm. what's the future of the franchise? I mean, I, we kind of touched on it, but what yeah. do you think of the future of the franchise? So we know the only thing we know for certain is that it's going to follow the story of, at the very least, it's going to follow Eddie Redmayne and Johnny Depp. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's gonna be main protagonist, main antagonist. Yeah. But I think that's like the only thing we know going uh, forward. Dumbledore is gonna show up, and we're probably gonna get some of that backstory. Oh, um, okay. We're already like. Here's my quick little yeah. idea on it. So the Obscurist, right? Uh, right? It comes from a child who's been holding in their magic, right. and then it comes out in a horrible way. Yeah. Um, Dumbledore's youngest sister, or only sister, I guess, Ariana, was known for having like some horrible experience with muggles when mm-hmm. she was younger mm-hmm. that caused her to not want to have magic anymore, so she was trying to hold it in. Mm-hmm. And they explain it in the seventh book as it just coming out in like horrible outbursts. Mm. Yeah. They never say that it's an obscurist, but they probably just well maybe they just be. didn't maybe they just hadn't named it until yeah. now. Yeah. And it's actually like the Ariana's death moment, like when she actually dies, um, is during a fight between Dumbledore and Grindelwald and oh, Aberforth. No. That's what we're getting, yeah. folks. Great. That's what so we're I'm getting. I'm guessing that's where we're going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing Newt would show up because maybe Newt's trying to help out Dumbledore's little sister, Ariana, right. with her obscurist if that's what ends up happening because it is um, defined that there's a relationship between uh yeah. and um nudie mm-hmm. um what i've read recently was newt would become more of a supporting character in yeah. future sequels hmm. it they probably like the way i'm thinking they'll go about this is like they'll treat like anthology stuff where it's like it'll be a new set of characters but have like you know uh eddie redmayne and maybe Catherine watterson and then mm-hmm. it'll like kind of follow like 
I don't think it'll be called Fantastic Beasts 2. I think it'll be called something else. I think so, too. Yeah, yeah they can't stick with that. But what if they did, like, different book titles from... That'd be cool. The Harry Potter... I'd be down for that. Um, That would be really rad, actually. Um, Anything else? I'm trying to think if if I missed something. Oh, all of John Voight's stuff was shitty. I hated all that stuff. That was so wasted. It's like the only thing that made it, like purposeful in the film and you can even kind of remove it then too is like the death of the senator's son or the uh the 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 senator not the senator's son yeah like that was the only thing connecting john voight and john voight was like take pictures everybody you know and i just felt like nothing was there for the character and it's like such a waste on a moderately talented uh actor yeah and just it's just a wasted so well i guess it kind of introduced the whole uh the 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 nineteen twenty Salem witch character family thing. Yeah. Yeah. You had Nick. We all know your relationship with children. What do you <laughs> think of the children in this film? Oh, they're great. Cool. Um, I mean, every time they're on screen, they're just like afraid and spooky. So. Did you dig the song that one of them sang? The witch oh, song. That was uh, upsetting. It's creepy. <laughs> yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's pretty good. Um. Hmm. Cool. I think that might be it. Yeah. So, out of five stars, what are you guys going to give Fantastic Beasts and where to find them? I'm giving it a very loving four. Loving four? Mm-hmm. Okay. Hannah? Four and a half. Four and a half. Yeah. Nice. I think I'm a little biased, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, I think if I rewatched all the Harry Potter films and maybe nah fuck it uh, I'll give it three <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna about to say I don't know about that because I rewatched Prisoner of Azkaban recently yeah uh, the first half of it you know how things two and a half hour long Chamber of Secrets is three did you know that yeah I didn't really know long. that yeah I didn't remember it that I don't, how, did, how did these movies well, Chamber of Secrets is fine it was one of my least favorites. What? Yeah. yeah. The Basilisk? Come on. It's so the Basilisk is, is, is amazing. I like seeing Tom Riddle. The first Tom Riddle. The point I was going to make is that the first like half of the series when they're still like kids, kids, like young, yeah. the dialogue is pretty awful. Yeah. Well, yeah, they're kids. I know. Well, it's, <laughs> but it's not believable. At least not for me. It's totally, I've like, I've never heard anyone talk that way ever. So yeah, Alfonso that was dropped the ball. Mm, he was the director. I don't know if he could have done much about the writing. And it would have been like that the child actors bad. who had no previous experience. Which ones? Like all uh, of them. All of them. All. Seamus is great. Get you uh, leave Seamus. I know that on. Daniel, Rupert, and Emma <laughs> had no prior experience. Wait. So you are you saying Daniel's bad? I like uh, Daniel. Daniel's good. It's been a while since I've seen it. I too. think they all got great by the time they're in the la- the latter half of the yeah. series. But the but first half, I thought they were pretty. That's bad. true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess that's true. Uh, yeah. Fair enough. I think it's hard though to expect um, children of that age. To I agree. So I don't hold it against them. Emma yeah. Watson's always great in the films. The first ones. The first ones. The first. That's. One, she's I excellent. think. I think she's that's, adorable. She's adorable. Almost expelled. 
I think that's more the right direction. It's so good. Yeah, no, when she gets older, she was she was the one who became the best actor the fastest. Yeah. By far. That's true. Like the other two took a lot longer to catch up to her ability. I think Dan Radcliffe was just hitting the bottle a little too hard to <laughs> Probably. Daniel had a harder time, I think, but he was able, he's, I think he finally, with a Swiss Army Man at least, he was able to break away from Harry Potter, I think. Mm-hmm. I hope so. I feel like he has. Rupert's done. He can't. He yeah. fucking can't. What has he done since then? He did, uh, was it Ballet Shoes? Was that his? He did something called Moonwalkers with Ron Perlman. Yeah. Who was the fucking uh, house elf in this. The ha- right. Not the bar, the bar house elf. Yeah, the bar elf. Who looked elf. terrible. Uh, I thought he looks okay. He looks, he, you know what he reminded me of? He reminded me of the scene in like the added like singer in Return of the Jedi. Just, yeah. Like on a CG mess. I'm like, oh, you look yeah. boring. <laughs> Swipe three stars. Oh, okay. Sorry, Ron Perlman. I'm sure he'll survive. I'm sure he'll live. Um, cool. So that's Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Um, so let's move on to some mini-reviews. Uh, we have a mini-review of, uh, Real World, Season 32, Bad Blood, uh, Episodes 6 and 7. Hannah, uh, they filmed in Seattle. I worked on it. Uh, were you aware at all about Real World, uh, coming here and filming? Yeah, um, I had actually almost applied for one of the, like, uh, typing jobs. Oh, the, uh, what's it called? Um... I forget their names, but the they uh, like bloggers, yeah. bloggers, yeah. And because yeah. uh, I type really fast, um, mm-hmm. and uh, then I, I <laughs> then I didn't. Oh, <laughs> that's the end of that story. Yeah, but I got to kind of follow what was happening um, between like you and Matt. And, oh, right. Um, yeah. Yeah. I knew it was happening, but so uh, then you never got to see it in action. No. So you weren't on Capitol Hill when they were, like, running around and no, stuff? No, thank God. <laughs> True. Um, so Nick has, is going into this completely blind. Matt and I know exactly what happened in the show. Um, Nick is pretty much, he's just going into it clean with mm-hmm. not any knowledge, and we're kind of spoon-feeding him some uh, small information. So, Nicky, uh, what, what are your current thoughts on the show right now? It just keeps becoming more of a mess, which I guess is what I expected. Yeah, like it's what the show is. When it started out, I should say when we when it had established that there were the two groups of people, fourteen yeah. people total. Yeah. There were people I liked. There were a good number of people I liked. Uh-oh. Now that number is just like really small. Like I don't like. You don't like anyone? Uh, it's now it's more like I'm okay with some people, but now I don't really like anyone. Where's your boy Cassius? He didn't really do anything last episode. He was trying to hang out with Theo and, t- and listen to Theo, but oh, Theo keeps true. backing him off. I think Cassius is fine. <laughs> he doesn't seem like he wants to be there. He's got a great name. That's true. Cassius does have a great name. Mm-hmm. Lucky dog. I yeah. liked Jordan for a while, but now she and Mike are like identical twins, which is weird that they get along so well. It's weird that Jordan gets along with Mike, because yeah. Mike is so... Awful. Know, yeah. He's a but he's so funny, too. Being. To me, he's so funny. Like, they use him in funny moments, though. Like, I've never seen him do something I thought was funny. Well, it's just, like, little looks, I think. Like, when... What? Okay. <laughs> I have yet to find him funny for one single moment. You didn't think the jaw thing? 
Thing? Oh. When the whole horror movie scene was going on, I thought that was hilarious because I'm like, they're really playing him up as a bad guy. Well, it worked. Yeah, it does work. Yeah. Um, we gotta talk about the crazy stuff happening with Peter. So, fucking Peter, what do you? What we gotta know? Peter is just the worst kind of person. Like he's, <laughs> ex- no, I'm serious about this. Yeah. This is not an insult. It's a fact. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, Peter. <laughs> Peter is an extremely unintelligent person. Right. He is so dumb. So vapid. That's what it is. He's vapid. vapid. Yeah. He's not there. He's not present. And he puts up this fake facade of a pers- personality. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, he's attractive and he's in good shape. So it's not difficult for him to, to see how he would fuck a girl and not have... <laughs> trouble doing it but he's just so unlikable and it's like when all that shit happened with Anna and now they're not together anymore or whatever yeah. and then suddenly he just flips the switch and he's a, he's a dick like he's just a really arrogant like unbridled asshole and pretty much then flips the coins to Jen oh that's right yeah yeah which is like that was within the same episode where they break break up and then he gets together with Jen. Yeah. And it's like, oh. So he broke up with his girl and then started sleeping with another one the same night. Yeah. And he was pissed that she broke up with him. Well, maybe she was right. (laughs) I do like Anna and Catherine. Is that her name? Uh, Katrina. Katrina. Katrina is really nice. I like both of them. At the start, I didn't like them, but now I do. Because it is actually nice to have two characters who you know characters, goddamn it, people yeah. <laughs> who you know are gonna be consistently like allies, yeah. and it is sweet to see that they really love each other, the sisters, and they care about each other, and they do a good job of looking out for each other. The stack sisters. It's very sweet. Yeah. Um, yeah. Katrina is not a great person, but she's a she's a funny person, and I think she's secretly a very smart person. She knows how to manipulate people. She knows how to get what she wants, and she and I respect the hell, hell out of her because she knows when to put her foot down and be mm-hmm. like "fuck off." Yeah, which a lot of these characters are just pat. It's so shitty because all these reality shows, it's always the men yeah. who are passive aggressive and bitchy and whiny <laughs> yeah. and pathetic, yeah. and it's the women who are uppity and like getting people. Which is, I think, what you should do. Like they're confrontational; they don't take people's shit. They're mm-hmm. like strong, and all of the men are always just dumb and stupid and they pick the worst people to represent men so so we have the whole and women i guess we have the whole mom joke incidents what i don't remember that (laughs) so when um anna and katrina are doing the ring down the hallway you remember this when they're acting like the ring girl no what What, this has happened the last episode What? When so they, they were that? doing, they were doing like they're crawling down the hall like the rain girl. Okay. And um, Peter picks up a bag that was Anna's, and he's like, "Is this whose bag is this?" And Anna says, "Yo, mom's." Oh wait, that's mine. Thank you. And Peter gets pissed off that um, that uh, Anna that Anna called was making a joke about his mom, and so they get into a big fight. You don't remember this at all? No. Did you watch it? I might have went into the bathroom. Maybe it's like well. Big moments because Anna and Katrina are fighting with Peter, and Jen's trying to be like the mediator. I mean, well, okay, but Peter got pissed off. Oh, you mean when they were sitting on the couch in the corner? 
Like, the sisters are sitting on the couch, and Mike's standing, right? Is that what you're talking about? No, that happened a long time ago. This was, um, in, like, when they were in the kitchen. This has happened in the next <laughs> seven. I don't remember this. Anyway. It's... Well, this is the problem. I don't remember it because there's so many fights and shouting fests. So True. many. That's really hard to keep it's, track It is them. getting bigger and bigger because mm-hmm. conflict is building and building. Oh, you know who's on the rise in my book? Who? Uh, Robbie. That's right. I was gonna say because Robbie kind of uh, changes. I hated him for a long time. Yeah. And now I'm like, all right. He's yeah. A, he's a nice person. I mean, I always said, and I always meant it. He seems like a very nice person. Robbie. I is think really he's dumb. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's overly emotional. He's kind of a pussy. Yeah. But yeah, I think he's a very ni- he's a good person. He means well. Yeah. And and like seeing him talking with Jen. Uh, yes, at, uh, that was nice. Yeah. You can tell that he's a very respectful, nice guy. At least too. trying to. Like, yeah, at least he's trying good. to. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's he's, he's got there, he's got he's got a few points. <laughs> I forgot about Robbie. Robbie. I, that's how I always felt. Like every time we would uh, go on a follow with everyone, I'm always like, "Who's that guy?" Oh, it's fucking Robbie. Because I always forget. Like Robbie didn't do anything big until later in the show, and I had always forgotten about Robbie whenever mm-hmm. we were like. Looking out for people, so... It makes sense. Yeah. Um, I think the last thing to talk about with this is um, uh, Tia and Theo. <laughs> I mean, your boy Theo Fucking is pathetic. insane for this girl. I know, I don't like him anymore. Yeah. I... he's just a fucking dumbass. Like, she's a terrible person. She's not great. She is an awful, manipulative widow. Widow? Black, black widow. Oh, gotcha. She's just... She's just awful. She has no personality. Her personality is completely faked. Yeah. Like everything she does, she's over dramatic. She gets upset about literally everything on a dime, no matter what it is. And I, I, I think I like Theo even less because he's still chasing he's after. He's so, for so stupid. Yeah. Like she is a horrible person, and she's treated him horribly. Yeah. And he's been pretty decent to her. Yeah. At least he's tried to be. And he's still after her. It's like, oh, fuck off, dude. <laughs> Stupid. So, Real World returns next week, um, episode 8. Uh, this is an episode where something big's gonna happen. In terms of, like, someone's leaving. What? That happens? That happens in the show, so... I don't know people leave. Huh. Um, little, little heads up for you. Something big's coming um okay. so yeah it's like yeah it's like no they, they don't vote people off the island but like if they do something that's against the rules they are either told to leave or they get kicked out <laughs> so someone next week's getting kicked out wow. and uh it'll be big that's amazing it's gonna be good exciting <laughs> <laughs> have you have you watched any real world do you no. watch reality I, okay, so I used to watch Survivor religiously, <laughs> and then after that, I kind of stopped watching yeah. reality TV. Bachelor is my show. Okay. I love The Bachelor. I, I watched <laughs> one episode of the current season, or most recent season, at the gym. Mm-hmm. Same thing. I mean, I only, or no, I was watching Bachelorette, not Bachelor. Either way. Same show. Yeah, all, of, all of the men were like 6'5", built, very yeah. handsome. Yeah. And dumb. Very dumb, very arrogant, and crying constantly. Mm. Not like not like a good emotional cry, like being a fucking baby, right. like crying because they're getting paid to be on this huge TV show. It's like, 
Well, they, what they a fucking disgrace. That's true, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess the only other show, and this was before hell broke loose in the world, but the show that I used to watch a lot as a kid growing up was The Apprentice. Really? I watched it, because I was always entertained by, like, yeah. I guess... Trump in the sh- in the show. Yeah. yeah, it was entertaining. Yeah, he was yeah. supposed to be. Yeah. yeah, it was a still funny joke. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah back then, those days. Yeah. Now we have the alt right. Oh my god! I didn't even heard know. about that. Show? I heard about. Have this? you seen the fucking video? I've seen it. I He's it was... doing the Nazi salute. I, I was like, everyone this... is. I was like, this is a troll. This is a troll. This can't be real. And then it's you watch happening. the videos. It's a huge fucking crowd. The leader yeah. is legitimately. This is not an exaggeration. Yeah, legitimately really a Nazi. Terrifying. Yeah. And his followers yeah. support him, and they're they like do doing the this. Yeah. yeah. It's like. I was yeah. like, what the These fuck? are Americans, man. Yeah. Holy shit. It's okay. Just, I didn't know people like that still lived in America. I, guess I didn't, I I didn't think that bubble. many people. Yeah. That, that's what I, I thought. I feel like I live in this safe bubble of We Washington do. The West like, Coast. All these nice people in Seattle. No, like, yeah. Yeah, there's some Trump people out in the hills, but yeah. even when you hang out with them, it's yeah. not like It's like everything sweet. 100 miles within the, West, with, within the West Coast is like super liberal, wonderful, yeah. accept everybody right. world. And... A good proportion of, I'd say like 90% of the land for the rest of the country is like mixed or not really feeling that. Yeah. And it's like, holy shit, we might be like the kind of the minority. I yeah. feel blinded. I feel like a bit of a, a bit of an idiot, yeah. truthfully. Like, how I, did I not know those me people too. lived here? It's exactly. Yeah. That was <laughs> the know? biggest thing I felt after that Tuesday. I felt yeah. like stupid and confused. Anyway, I well. Oh, if you want to say something, I, please. One, one last yeah, thing. Yeah. One last thing, because I know, like it's as long as we it's do the just podcast, get, we it's, have to. It's, I mean, it's just around. getting worse, and it's we, gonna be we kind of have to talk about it. Um, I mean, again, I'm, I'm, uh, I think, yeah, I think again, yeah, it's awful that we have a extremely inexperienced person about to take power in office. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, but I think what's worse is not him, but the uh, supporters. Yes, no. They are yeah. far you know, worse. I, the knowledge of like, those people yeah. existing is... Yeah, yeah. I think I have th- thought from the beginning of Donald Trump as a... Not a great person, but not a terrible person. Just like yeah. kind of a scumbag. Yeah. Kind of a scumbag. Kind of an idiot. Kind yeah. Of, yeah, yeah, kind of an idiot, Doesn't but not not really a, a bad person yeah. when it came down to it. I've never really feared him, and I feel like he has a you know a cornucopia of advisors who can help him run the country. Hopefully, it. But yes, mm-hmm. I agree. From the beginning, it's been his followers who are scary. And in the first week of his his becoming president elect, there were more than four hundred. Um, uh, Acts of violence, I think, or assault from from Trump's? white people oh, okay. against minorities who who uh, went out of their way to praise Trump as their leader while they were doing it. That's nuts to me. That is bonkers. Like this is this is like this could be a revolution. Oh, for like, sure. Our oh, country could have. really yeah. our country could really get fucked up by this. Yeah. Or at least the. Yeah. Well, I think that was the sort of the intention of yeah. the people who voted for Trump. Yeah. A lot of those people, they they don't obviously side with the alt-right. A lot of those people aren't, like, yeah. well, crazy his supporters, but they're fed up. Yeah, yeah. A, a, it's yeah. A, small per, a smaller percentage of his supporters are actually like that. It's also, like, yeah. some liberals voted for him, a lot of disenfranchised Republicans. Yeah. But, um, 
yeah, the divisions between I and I agree. I wanted someone to be elected who was going to shake up our political system oh. and maybe destroy it and rebuild it in some way. Yeah, which, which exactly, you know what I'm <laughs> getting at, but not this way. No. <laughs> this I think bad. I think well, it's bad, but I also think it's good because now it's like we're at a point where now I think politics are here to stay and they're gonna be at the forefront at this point yeah the american people are going to keep uh an eye open oh they're going to be more active and be more aware i think Uh, it's already happening you know yeah Yeah. it It, was happening yeah it started happening a a year ago i think of people really becoming active and wanting to do stuff so nikki we gotta i gotta ask you about this okay great hamilton oh no That's a thing. Um, Politics and your creative outlet, your escape, is my now, my uh, dream. Your dream is now being crushed <laughs> by. I do. Trumplets. I I mean there is a very very real reality that like things like theater and film mm-hmm. as a job in our yeah. country, not not gonna get easier. Gonna oh, no. get gonna get much harder with yeah. these people in charge. Much harder. Um, well, at least like like what we said earlier with content. You know, it's like with all the post nine eleven movies, especially like if you look at like you know you can look at Dark Knight in a way as post, oh yeah, yeah. post nine yeah, eleven hugely film. yeah. There's yeah. gonna be like a like yeah. I am certain we're gonna get like a nineteen eighty four type movie, and we're gonna get like some kind of like. Trumpian. I mean, even like it's happening now with uh, what's it called? Pur- purge, uh, the purge movie. What the fuck is it called? Purge. The election. Election year. Yeah, purge election year. It's like even that. It's like it's more, surreal. It's yeah, it's surreal. Well, yeah. Now that Trump has been elected, it's surreal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It and wasn't even, really that surreal before. It was just like, oh, it's just a dumb horror movie. And yeah. it's like, oh, well. It's a little terrifying. Yeah. And even people alluded uh, Green Room to being kind of. Yeah. Trump movie in a way. It kind of is. Yeah, yeah it kind of is. Yeah. Where it's yeah, but, it's just so in your face and shocking and confusing. But yeah. Hamilton. Uh, I mean, I'm gonna side with all the other left wing or centrist, politically viewed people that they were just making a statement because, famously, mm-hmm. Hamilton is a cast full of non-white people. Yeah. And there have been 400 acts of violence against non-white people since Trump became elected. So I think that that message was very genuine. Of the cast saying, we are scared. We're not saying this to to add flair Mm -hmm. or to add more depth to to this letter. This is genuine. We are scared. And we want to know, we want to make sure that you're going to watch out for us. And in America, that's like part of our... That's part of being an American is being able to speak up about, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is that you are thinking or feeling. Yeah. And they did it in a very non-threatening way. Yeah. And it seems more appropriate to do it as an opportunity to Mike Pence more than Donald Trump. Donald Trump will just, like, go on Twitter and Donald Trump mind. He doesn't listen. Donald Trump would I, go on Twitter and, I don't know. Say something serious. If they said that to him. Oh, he would. I think, no, I think he would have been, like, I love Hamilton. It was so great. Hamilton A+. I'm it's gonna a great watch out. It's a great pass of people. I'm gonna do amazing things for these people. Great, great. Oh work. no, he would have been like got assaulted at the theater. How I rude! So. I don't think so. He's, yeah. he's too stupid to. Uh, 
Like he's too unpredictable. Yeah, I guess that's Who true. knows what would have happened. Although I heard it's funny since the election has happened, I yeah. I deliver pizza, so I listen to NPR a lot. Mm-hmm. Every single um, yeah broadcast, no matter what, for the past three weeks has been about Trump and like every that's single shocking. one about people who it's going to affect, what his policies are going to be, and that's great. That's yeah. exactly what they should be doing. It's yeah. excellent, but it's also like, well, this is. Shitty. They're all. I mean, basically every every newscast is, "Hey, so how do we make a better situation out of this?" And everyone is like, "You don't." <laughs> it gets worse. Yeah. Well, hopefully, we can rise from the ashes of a nuclear yeah. war. And... <laughs> oh with, God. With North Korea. Yeah. Maybe we'll end up with oh. three arms and be able to do more after that. <laughs> and live seven years. Yeah. God, I don't even. Oh God, I can't even imagine Russia. Oh God! But you know, Trump and Russia—they're seems they're like they're buddies now. So when Putin, which is Putin's going to manipulate the fuck I, I agree. Out of I think Putin—Putin Putin, um, Putin is the opposite. He's Putin's a bad person who is very intelligent. Yes, he's like an evil mastermind. He really <laughs> he's fucking really is. Scary. He's also really tall and really yeah. buff. It's like, oh Jesus, man! Um, he he totally looks like Lex Luthor. Yeah. 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 But like once again, it's like I don't—I don't even know. It's like I'm. I think there should be no more House of Cards because you can't top this. <laughs> you can't top the like the House of Cards. I know. Like the season four ended pretty big. But oh my it's god, like, that's gonna be doesn't isn't that next season coming out? It's February. Yeah, oh. it's coming. Dude, <laughs> wait, have they already shot it? Probably. Yeah, they probably already, but they I think they've been following this closely. But I don't know. Like they got to do I, something. Okay, then I hope this. that they have one more season so it can all just be a reflection of Trump. And it's going to be brilliant. It's going to win every Emmy. Everyone's going to cry because they're so depressed. And award shows are going to get canceled because Trump hates theater. And every, uh, art no is going to disappear. No art. The yeah. scariest thing about Trump, and I like your comment at least, with like getting rid of, or at least not helping support the economy that supports mm-hmm. film, is that mm-hmm. for the United States... Our biggest export is entertainment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is the one thing that we export. Yeah. Pretty much. Because we and do it the most and we do it better than yeah. everyone else in the world by far. Exactly. Every other, like, place in the world that has, like, a tiny film industry, mm-hmm. they they have requirements where they have to show, like, a certain percentage of local films. Um, because if they didn't have that legal requirement yeah. for oh. these local films to be shown... Mm-hmm. There would be no film industry anywhere yeah. but in Hollywood because we would wipe them out. Mm-hmm. It's like Hollywood has become sort of like a world leader. In yeah. Itself. Oh, yes. It's like it everyone is. Everyone watches yeah. our films. Everyone watches our TV. Yeah, because and when w- w- whatever the domestic intake is for a huge blockbuster, that's, it can it can rake in like three times more in all, everywhere else outside yeah. of the example. US. The Transformer films. The Transformer <laughs> yeah. films do okay here. But they fucking are kings in China. Oh, yeah. yeah. China will eat up Transformers like nobody's business. It's so interesting that that's... That's the That's franchise. so massive Star Wars there. will be okay over there, but yeah. Transformers yeah. will kill. Yeah, you gotta wonder, what is about... I think it's... the robots. I think, I think it's because they still have such a... a, a, a older, optimistic view of Americans... And what our life is like of like big heroes, under you know hero shots, panning, bright lights, lens flares, giant robots. Everybody's kicking ass. It's just excessive. You know? <laughs> it is. Sometimes you just want to like turn off the 
thinking part of your yeah. brain and watch a giant robot ride a giant robot dinosaur. Oh, yeah. God. I mean, it's just what you do in life. So... I watched a featurette today from, did you see that, from Michael Bay and IMAX, about oh, Transformers yeah. 6? Five. That's the next one coming that out. That showed before Five. Fantastic Beasts, didn't it? I didn't get one. I, I okay. don't know any of this. There's a featurette for the new one? It was just something that was on Facebook. It was like uh, Michael Bay and the people who invented IMAX talking yeah. about how great Transformers 5 is going to be because it has IMAX yeah. and they've always had IMAX. And they're and they're eternal and forever and nothing I, will ever people die. People are forgetting it's the script that what makes a movie great. I mean, come the fuck up. Come on, ah, you can make, you can have the most beautiful looking movie in the world, but it can be pure shit too. So yeah, in terms of like it being able to hold a cohesive story. But Every fuck. once in a while, you can have a movie that's beautiful with spectacle and all these great effects. Mm-hmm. It's a hundred million dollars and it makes a lot of money. Yeah, and. Can have a pretty good script and some great actors, and it's called Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. That's the Word. movie I was talking about. Oh, shit! <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Oh, man. I did see it in IMAX 3D, and oh, it good. was quite the spectacle. Oh, good. I saw it at Cinnabar and had a nice little burger. <laughs> I saw it at Lowe's, and my screen, my projection was oh, horrible. It was really dark. Aww. I had a problem. I wanted to bring something to Rival, but when we saw Rival, did you notice the screen flickering? No. I noticed it and was driving me up the wall. It was like, like dark and flickering and I was like hmm, yeah. this theater's fucked up I think definitely skewed my uh, yeah. rating I think where did we see that? Everett so yeah man Regal 7 Regal 7 the place to be if if they can get more movies yeah. as all Thornton Place Thornton Place is great yeah Thornton's good. great too yeah I love Thornton. they have really nice chairs oh that's yeah that's true yeah. have you been to Regal 7 recently? because no. they renovated and every single chair is an electronic recliner that's twice as wide as a usual chair. No. So you, you, let me tell you something. <laughs> While you're in the theater, you're lying down, looking up at the movie, and it's, you can, bring, you can bring blankets, you take your shoes off. <laughs> the cup holders are huge. You have so much space for all the food you want to eat. And you're lying down watching the movie. And they have, are you ready for this? I'm not joking. Hardwood floors. Super nice, polished, <laughs> hardwood floors. With no ground and popcorn. Yes. Precisely. I didn't think of that. That's I exactly remember there's carpet, and then people grind their popcorn in, and then it... No, anymore. You need to... Yeah, Regal 7. It's <laughs> fucking amazing. I want I Every time I have a chance to go Regal there, I go 7. there. Regal 7. It's, it's, it's in Everett? In Alderwood. Alderwood. It's, you hadn't heard of it before? Because before this, it was just pretty shit theater. It was like... A, seemed like it was about to close. And then, they, then, then they, they did these chairs. massive, massive renovations, and now it's amazing. I didn't know about it until recently. I went to go see Shin Godzilla, and I was like, mm-hmm. it was in their new theater, and I was like, oh, I can't wait for this new Godzilla movie to win forever. What's this button? And no starts, way. Yeah. yeah, I was Seats losing going. my mind. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's fucking oh amazing. Gosh. I'm so excited for this. Yeah, you gotta Good. check it out. I'm, gonna, I'm probably going to go tomorrow. You should. What else am I going to do? I'm on holiday. I got oh, good yeah. time. Oh, yeah. No one's going to be at the theater. We could just sneak into movie after movie. <laughs> Fuck my family. So, Outlight and Moana. <laughs> I saw Moana. You saw Moana? Last night. Oh, wow. Premiere. Yeah. Dang. Nice. So, I was going to say, do you want... Is that a, I was going to say, that's a review for next week. I don't know why I wouldn't be. I was thinking, like, you would be gung-ho crazy for Allied. What's that? It's the Robert Zemeckis film with uh, Brad Pitt and... Uh, Marion Cotillard. It sounds uh, familiar. It's yeah. the World War II movie. 
Sounds so familiar. Marion Cotillard, maybe it. like a double agent. Mm-hmm. Brad Pitt, he's like married to her. I'm sure if uh, you saw a trailer, you would know. Probably. Yeah. Maybe I just heard about Moana, it. Moana, then. Yeah. So let's move on to some news, then. <laughs> um, so this week, Pixar decided to release a trailer for their uh, third uh, film in the Cars uh, franchise, and that's Cars 3, um, riding, off the, riding off the success of... Um, <laughs> What was Cars 2 called? It was like Mater something? I Mater. thought it was just called Cars 2. That was I don't it. Know. It was like, it was about Mater and Michael Caine was in it and Mater was like a secret agent and it was ridiculous and funny and really just yeah. over the top and like, what are these, what is Pixar that, up to? That movie was like critically panned. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, Go on. the trailer for Cars 3 comes out and um, it's, uh, it's, it's appearing to be a horrifically dark drama (laughs) (laughs) about a car that goes through a crippling a crippling post uh, crash Um, and I assume it'll be the subsequent retire of um, Lightning McQueen I hope he fucking dies (laughs) I don't think he will I think what's you know what this reminded me of and what I wanted to be Hmm. Rush Oh, when yeah. um what great racing movie when when um the main guy gets in the car wreck and he goes he's Nicky in the Lada. hospital Nicky Lada, and he's like he gets that tube down I, his dude, throat I know remember that it's part a fucking yeah. great scene you seen Rush mm-hmm. I fucking love Rush so I hope with they have Lightning McQueen like they boost some on his oh like back and put like some tube down his throat and he's like gurgling and oils coming they out open the up side. his hood oh and they start tinkering and his eyes like twitch no. and he like dies <laughs> and it's like boop boop <laughs> and he's like shaking and he goes he's into a having seizure. a seizure <laughs> oh no <laughs> okay question is this film really said to be rated R no 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 okay. <laughs> that was the only part he wasn't seeing okay. <laughs> break children's hearts no well okay that's a that's a legitimate question who the fuck is this movie for because all the kids who liked cars one they grew up and now they think this shit is stupid because they're like 16 or whatever maybe it's gonna be pg-13 oh my god (laughs) for the record i've never seen a cars movie when i when you don't see the first one i thought they looked awful i thought i thought they all looked horrible and all the characters I, it was one of those things I think I saw the trailer for Cars 1 and Cars 2 like 80 million times mm-hmm. and I was like I am never gonna fucking see that because of how many times I've had to watch Cars this. 1 is good. I like Cars 1. I don't yeah. know how your feelings are well, for Cars 1. All the characters are kind of like stereotypes. Yeah. Which they're not yeah. Which isn't good. I mean it's yeah. not horrible but it's not exactly I think like I would what hate I would it a lot. <laughs> yeah. You would love it. I, I mean it's entertaining. It's cute. Yeah. If you're ever sick and eating a bowl of soup and <laughs> And want to throw watch, up? Watch Cars. Wanna let me, let me ask you this. Up. Let me ask you this. All your Blu-rays are gone. Netflix is dead. You have two choices. Oh, no. It's either Cars, and this is when you're sick. Oh, no. <laughs> it's either Cars or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 Secret of the Ooze. Both cars. of those would make me throw up. I'm going to go to sleep instead. <laughs> go to sleep? Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. Um, it's good for you. I'm excited because it's like I think <laughs> I think it's gonna be great. No, yeah, they, it's they, gonna be so bad. I haven't seen the great. first two, but I can declare <laughs> that that's gonna be so bad. Why do you think it's gonna be good? Because I don't know. I think 
think it's gonna be great. You don't know? I know because I, well, here's my theory: is like um, I like the first one. Um, they're going into a totally different direction than Cars Two, and I feel like this is Pixar and not Disney. I feel like this mm-hmm. is a Pixar move more than a Disney move. More than Disney making. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to make uh, Monsters University. We need to make uh, Cars Two. You know, yeah. right? This feels more like. You know what? People hate this. People, kids love this. A lot of the audiences, a lot of like uh, Reddit users hate cars. Let's make let's make a let's make a movie for Reddit. That will never ever work. This is gonna work. This is gonna be on your top ten. I guarantee. So, it. so let me get this right. Pixar. Pixar is making Cars three to be aimed at people in their twenties. Yeah, because I would say the same thing with Toy Story 3. Toy Story 3 went with people who watched it as kids, grew up with Toy Story 2, and then watched Toy Story 3, and they got that kind of conclusion. And well, I didn't, grow I didn't grow up with cars, so why would I? Why you would wouldn't like, I, I would feel I'm like, in my 20s. Did you grow up with cars? I like, yeah, I, I grew up with cars. Okay. That's what I'm saying. People I who, figured no one my age or close to my age could have ever grown up with cars. When did the first cars come out? Like 2006? Yeah, I think it was. I mean, it's Pixar. Let me see. Um, cars came out 2000. Ah, riding the money. 2006. So, I was 15. Yeah, yeah that was the exact age where I can see that trailer and be like, this looks stupid. Yeah. Is that the only Pixar film you said that at the time? Mm hmm. I think so. Did I don't, you look I don't up? think it. Ever said that about a Pixar movie except Cars? Okay. From the trailer. I think it's gonna be great. Just because it's different from the first film. I think it's gonna be a. Tr- this is <laughs> this is a post-Trump election movie. Oh my God! Steve, what's his name? McQueen, Lightning McQueen. <laughs> Lightning McQueen. It's a P. No, you're right. It's a thir- it's a PG-13 PTSD movie. I hope. So I want in, a, in a post-Trump election world. If they do PG-13 world. and they do something exciting with it, then they're gonna get an audience. But if it just ends up being another sequel. I think that's what's going to be too horrible. It's going to be horrible. Yeah, come on. We'll see. Hey, um, Keaton asked me to go look at his letterbox. Something. <laughs> he probably gave a five star to something, finally. He, he did. He gave a five star to Arrival. Oh, baby. Interesting. Oh, man. Not I still surprising at all. It's really good. It's excellent. Yeah. The trailers look amazing, and I'm a huge sci-fi fan. So. Good. Ben, you will love it a lot. I will love it, yeah. Um, I, uh, the reason why is because I'm a big stickler for Keaton has been giving out a lot of four and a halves, mm-hmm. and I'm like, buddy, you just gotta give it five or something, and uh, this past year he's been giving out a lot of four and a halves and not five, so I've been bugging him about, like, you gotta give this movie a five, so... I think he finally I. Did? He finally did. Well, he gave. I think this year. That's his first five of the year. Uh, yeah. Are you four and a half still? I have one five. It's not really a five. Oh yeah, the Hamilton. <laughs> Hamilton documentary. Yeah, I've given I out. I haven't seen that. Do I like Hamilton? Yeah. I should and watch that documentary. You'll cry a lot. <laughs> okay. Because I cried a lot. Uh, I think have, I, you haven't watched it either. I forgot about it. So yeah, yeah, it's a yeah. it's an excellent documentary. Like, I like regardless musical, of whether yeah. you like the show or not. Yeah, I've given out three fives this year. I don't mind throwing. This has not been fives. a five star year. You know this. I'm so afraid to give out five. <laughs> you are. Yeah, because what if what if one day that film comes along 
that actually is a five, and you've already given out fives to films that are not that film. How are you supposed to? This is how I do it. This is how I justify it. I make. This is how I justify it. I make lists. The only potential fives I could possibly. Possibly. Possibly give out in the remainder of the year is Star Wars. Not La La Land. Oh, oh La yeah, La La Land. I forgot about Whip. that. that Wait, let me. Ch- that's gonna be a cream dream supreme for you. I don't know. I don't think I'll love it. I'm, I think I'll give it a four and a half. You're I think kidding. La La Land for me is gonna be a four and a half. Nick, it has everything. Okay, that's yeah, everything. It has finish. Ryan Gosling, Emma Stone. It's a musical by the guy who did Whiplash. Come on. I've never been a really? huge fan of either of them. I like them a lot, but I'm not like they're amazing. Emma Stone or Ryan Gosling. Oh yeah, you have a problem with Emma Stone's eyes. Yeah, they're too far apart. They're really big. She's and they're too she's far a Disney princess. She looks like a bug. Yeah. She looks like a ladybug. She, she looks look beautiful. Like she looks really cute. She's a, she is. <laughs> but I like wouldn't want to date her. My girl. She's my girl. Yeah, anyway. What else is coming out? We got another uh, piece Nothing. of news. That's uh, Martin Scorsese's 28-year-old passion project, Silence, starring uh, Andrew Garfield, Adam Driver, and Liam Neeson. What do you guys think of this uh, bad boy? Uh, looks excellent. Super, yeah. super excellent. I'm very excited. I'm excited to watch the acting in it. Oh, you yeah. can tell that um, Adam Driver and uh, Andy Andrew Garfield Spidey-Man. are both super, super skinny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was the first thing I noticed is yeah. Adam Driver's head looks like a, you know, a golf ball on a tee. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Um, yeah. So I'm guessing that <laughs> along with that like physical transformation, they must have really gone all out for it and I'm excited to see I think that's the thing I really that's the thing I really appreciate with Scorsese's work is like you look at Raging Bull or uh, King of Comedy or Last Temptation of Christ and you kind of see or no a casino too that you kind of see actors kind of like transform in the the role in terms like physically more so I feel like Leo hasn't given that to Marty which he should but um Mm. um I feel like at least with De Niro and Willem Dafoe um they given very transformative um, uh, performances, yeah. and I think this might be the performance where I will really enjoy Andrew Garfield um, outside of uh, Social Network because I yeah. he's fine. I like him in um, I like at least him in his chemistry with Emma Stone in the Spider Man films. I don't I haven't seen it yet, but like his performance in the trailer of Hacksaw Ridge feels very. Uh, uh, Corey, <coughs> but uh, I'm sure he's good. And I just haven't seen it yet. But um, what else has he done? Who? Andy. Not a whole lot. He uh, hasn't done anything. Spider Man. Yeah, because mm-hmm. Spider Man, he's like fine in it, but like he works because I think his relationship with Emma Stone works. Mm-hmm. I don't um, know what else he's done. Neither. Hmm. He needs to branch. I think he just yeah. needs to do more, <coughs> like work, like with Mel Gibson and uh, and uh, Martin Scorsese. Like, Adam Driver has been able to kind of totally branch out, and you can see... Yeah, yeah his, his, his... Oh, he's oh, great. Yeah, his he's breadth so of good. work is like, these two things should never be in the same filmography, but they are yeah. girls in Star Wars. It's like watching him from Inside Llewellyn Davis in that. to go to Star Wars, you know? Mm-hmm. It's always nuts to me, you yeah. know? He's a very uh, versatile, really good actor. He's gonna grow up to be like the next... Uh, I look at him as De Niro right now. Yeah. Someone who does a lot of a different and interesting and um, physically demanding performances um, to that respect. Because, like, I look at, like, um, Andrew Garfield as kind of like a movie star right now. 
though. Yeah. Who's the guy? Liam. Daniel Day Lewis. Adam Driver. Oh, Adam Driver is gonna be a, a type. Like, I could see that. I could a Daniel Day Lewis type. I feel like it'll be more casual Daniel Day Lewis instead of hardcore Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, Daniel Day Lewis will never host like SNL. No. <laughs> God, I no, would he love would to cry. See that. <laughs> he doesn't know what comedy is. <laughs> I would love to see Daniel Day Lewis in the comedy. Hey guys, yeah. so I don't have a monologue tonight. So live from New York, it's Saturday night. <laughs> All of his skits are... Yeah. The nice thing about um, Scorsese and Silence is um, he, he, his generation of filmmakers loved uh, Akira Kurosawa. Mm. So you can mm. see that reflected in this film, obviously, because yes. it takes place in a Japanese setting, which, you yeah. know, already we're headed towards the five-star area <laughs> for agree. me. Mm-hmm. Um, so visually, like, all the blues and the... Uh, just the color palette and the cinematography. It's, it's a beautiful-looking yeah. film. Mm-hmm. So... And it's, it should be coming out before the end of the year. It's, I think oh, December. really? Oh, shit. They yeah. were debating on whether holding okay. it off till next year award season because it's been an editing for so long and like they tried to cut it down from yeah. four hours. This oh, year's wow. Revenant. How long did it take them to film this? This took eight months to film. But it took 28 years to like actually get yeah. moving. So wow. this is Scorsese's, like, literally his magnum opus. After mm-hmm. this, it's like... I don't know what the guy can make after his dream project. Yeah, you know? I don't know what anyone can make after the dream project. Yeah. yeah. It's all downhill after this. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. He's been able to... Yeah. He, he's like the only filmmaker, aside from like Spielberg, that's been able to kind of be um, maintain his career yeah. and still like make excellent work. He's been very steady the whole yeah. time. Yeah. Like the Palmas kind of faded. Uh, George Lucas is done. Oh, God. Who else was it? Fort, Fort, Francis Ford Coppola has been done forever. Yeah. yeah. So like him and Marty are the only ones. Mm-hmm. I've seen, I've somehow managed to see, I think it was 11 Martin Scorsese movies and mm-hmm. I've liked That's three right. of them. Yeah. Yeah. His style and for me his style really just hits me wrong real yeah. bad. But this trailer caught me off guard and I, I'm actually really excited for yeah. Silence. I think yeah. some of his film style previously was like a little bit more old school. Than, yes, yes, yeah. exactly. Um, I really, yeah, yeah. This film looks to be substantially more modern than yeah. like yeah. his previous work. Yeah. And that should be interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. So that's Silence. Look forward to that Silence. Uh, we actually, that might be our first review of the new year just because it comes at the very end. Mm-hmm. Um, cool, let's move on to what we watched. Uh, so, who wants to start first? I don't think I have anything. You don't have okay. anything? Come on. YouTube videos, then. Anything. There's been video games. What so many doing? video I mean, games. Just sitting yeah. in the corner and smoking? A ton of video games have been coming out. So yeah. right, we can do a video game. Oh yeah, you have video games. Uh, okay, I'll come, I'll come back to mine in a bit. But, um, what do you got? The new Hitman came out. Or, I mean, it came There's out another Hitman? gonna fall on deaf ears when I talking about video games um yeah it's really good you sneak around you kill people it's really fun and silly and it's great because I like stealth games and I like sleeping around great so it's excellent because Deus Ex is like that right yeah okay cool yeah. uh Hannah what have you been watching I guess since what have you been watching that came out what have you watched this year that um you'd like to talk about this year that's a 
That's, that's a big, big question. <laughs> I've watched a lot this past like, week or so. I finally got to see Swiss Army Man. Oh, there you go. I hadn't seen that yet. Um, okay. And that was surprising. And I saw Finding Dory. Yeah. That's a big crier. Oh, yeah. That oh, my I, God. Yeah. The it first is. four minutes of the movie, I was yeah. crying. I was like, no, no way. <laughs> Has anyone else noticed this trend with modern children's movies? Is that they are just so upsetting. <laughs> Good Dinosaur, I cried from beginning to end. Mm, Big Hero 6, I cried from beginning to end. Big Hero 6, that didn't get me. I was stronger. Oh, gosh. I wish I was. (laughs) I tried to watch it for a second time, and I still couldn't handle it. Yeah. Well, you know what it is, is I think maybe it's the... No, that's not true. Because if we were 10 and we watched Finding Dory, we might get sad, but we wouldn't cry. We'd just be like, oh, a little cartoon fish is sad. So I think it's just that we grow up. Oh. And these Pixar movies have never really been that different. It's just yeah. that we've grown up and they, we've gotten... Yeah, now we appreciate the adult themes. Yeah, human no, beings that is, that I have think, all this emotional baggage from growing yeah, up. Yeah, because when a kid watches, they just say, oh, pretty colors, funny characters, funny songs. When an adult sees it, they're like, wow, yeah. this mentally retarded <laughs> child has been separated from her parents. Oh, have you seen the Pixar... So have you seen the Pixar shorts with the, uh, the, the, it's the Western Pixar short? Oh my oh, god. Oh, I the did watch the, that. With the dad. The dad and, and the shock. Yeah, 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 holy fuck. God, that is so you messed wa- up. You have to watch it. It's beautiful. Nick, before you leave, do, I'm sure. Do chill. we know what it's called? It's the Gunslinger or something? Let me look it up real quick. Yeah. Actually, let's play it. It's like five minutes. Oh, no, it's like, like ten minutes. Is it? Never yeah. mind. Yeah. Never, really mind. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. I don't have time for this. I can't watch it tonight. <laughs> I'll watch fine. it at home, maybe. Yeah, no, it's really... Mm-hmm. If you want, like... Watch it at home so you can cry in private. Yeah. Okay. Because it's fucking intense. Yeah. It's like for adults, Pixar. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. So yeah. we'll do one movie at a time is how we usually go about that. Okay. Cool. Um, yeah, no, at least with Finding Nemo... I was sad at the beginning, but now watching it as a adult again, I'm like, it's fucking powerful. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> yeah. Um, I watched Indie Game Afterlife. I guess it's a sequel documentary about the, uh, the uh, or it's following the events of Indie Game the movie, which is a documentary about the uh, creation of Super Meat Boy, uh, Braid, and what was the other one? Fez? Fez. Mm-hmm. And um, it's following kind of the the the, uh, the after events of um, those games and where the developers are at now. It's very unfocused in what it wants to mm-hmm. do. Um, it, ta- it talks about... Um, Who's the guy? He's like he's like Phil Fish. Phil Fish. Everyone loves. Phil everyone Fish. knows. Yeah. If you bring up Fez, everyone knows who you're gonna talk yeah. about next. <laughs> so they did like a whole twenty minute segment on him. Yeah. Then then they did like a whole kind of like like after the after effect of like when Fez was released. Was it released? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, it was a great. It was considered a great game. Yeah. Very popular. Makes sense. And they all talk about kind of like. Phil Fish and what he was doing afterwards, and then after that, no more Phil Fish. Then we move on to Super Meat Boy, and they talk about Edmund and um, his uh, other developer. I forget his name. Mm-hmm. They just talk about you know making money from it and the reaction and dealing with trolls and everything. And then mm-hmm. they decide to do like talk about all Edmund's games that he's made, and they're like, cool. 
And where are we heading? Where are we going? There didn't feel like a like a story was being made. It was just mm. pretty much like here's what's uh, happening. And then they disregard all. They're they're done with Super Meat Boy stuff. And then it just becomes segments of different other different indie game developers. And I'm like, this is cool and all, but like I feel like this is all slapped together. And then it ends with the trailer for Indie Game the movie. And I'm like, hmm. this is this is how you end a documentary. So yeah. it was fine. It was informative, but I, and I and I enjoyed like listening to the stories. But I just felt it was very unfocused. Hmm. Nikki, what else you got? You? Um, Think real the thing hard. is, I'm in the middle of like three movies and three TV shows. But uh, I don't want to talk about it till I finish them. So why don't you finish them? I I don't know. I just got. I just have like so many things I want to watch, but I just like have them playing all at once. Yeah. Definitely. I've been watching the show Designated Survivor. So. Oh my god. <laughs> Real bad. Uh, Kiefer Sutherland. So the capital, the United States capital. This also is a show that premiered just before Trump got elected. So the concept that shows in the first episode, the capital building in Congress gets bombed and 1,000 uh, American politicians die, including the president, vice president, and the next... Uh, Everyone else in 14 line. in line to be president. So the person who becomes president is the 17th in line to be president. And he's Kiefer Sutherland. And everyone hates him and he thinks he does a bad job. But he's actually like this perfect human being and he's super charming and so sweet and he has this great family and he's so soft-spoken and he's the perfect American. I mean, they don't say that, but you know this is what they're trying to do. Sounds and it's like just the like, president Aww. we know. It, it's extremely <laughs> preachy and like ultra optimistic about American leadership <laughs> and it premiered before Trump got elected and I can just I love it because I can just picture like some old uptight slightly liberal middle-aged woman <laughs> watching the show before Trump got elected and being like oh I love this and then turning it on the day after the election and being like I can't do this <laughs> I'm too sad <laughs> it kind of makes me happy but also, there's a show almost done with this season run, or is it like still seven episodes? It probably has way more. They, uh, they, those they captured the lead terrorist who was in charge of the bombings, and they interrogated him, and then he killed himself. And um, was he a white male or no? Yeah, he was. He was a Muslim. I fucking knew it. And. Yeah, so that was great. That was a great, <laughs> that was a great notch for Muslim Americans everywhere. Yeah. Did they refer to ISIS at all, or was it I like something so. like a, an original thing? Like I don't think they've actually given a name to the terrorist group. They've been vague about <laughs> it, but and of course there's like a traitor in the United States government. Of we're course. pretty sure. Um, and all every single person except Kiefer Sutherland, who are like his assistants and stuff, they're mm -hmm. all. Way too young and way too attractive. Like, and they're bad actors. They're very bad actors. <laughs> they're those types of actors who know how to like look stoic and talk like this, and they know how to cry on, on cue. Yeah. That's it. They don't know how to do anything other than that. And they're really, really, really bad. Did you watch The West Wing ever? No. It's great though. You should watch it. Probably should. Hannah, what do you got? <clears throat> um, I also watched the. U.S. version of, or I guess the Hollywood version of um, Girl with a Dragon Tattoo. Oh, yeah. yeah. See that? Here yeah. we go. I How haven't seen it. it. Um, it was good. I love Rooney Mara, and mm -hmm. I thought her performance was great. Um, 
it wasn't nearly as upsetting as the original Swedish version, I think, was the original version. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Dutch, yeah. Okay. That's Swedish, yeah. Swedish, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, which was good, because I didn't want to sit down and watch, like, a super, super upsetting movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's still pretty upsetting. Uh, it is really it's upsetting, pretty, yeah. It's still brutal, but I feel like the thing with the, the both Dragon Tattoo films is, like, um, fin- there's a lot of stuff I like in Fincher's version, then there's a lot of stuff that I like in the Swedish version more. So it's mm-hmm. like, for me, they I I feel like I have more of a bias because I love David Fincher as a filmmaker. Yeah. But um, I feel like he executed things visually a little more interesting than uh, the Swedish one. But the Swedish one has um, more brutal moments, I think, that work. And it seems a bit more honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I definitely agree. The American version was a little bit more well put together and mm, yeah. clean. Yeah. Yeah. Good old Fincher. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched for the first time a movie called Sixteen Candles. First time? First time. And boy, oh boy, did I fucking hate it. Why? <laughs> I so think, good. I think it's gross. I Why? Th- because all the male characters just want to fuck, um, who is it? It's, uh, not yeah. Ringwall. Is it? it one of the guys wants to fuck Ringwald. Yeah. And then there's this weird trade-off with um, the, the the handsome boyfriend and the nerd with his girlfriend, which doesn't really make any sense. You remember, you remember, you remember what I'm, what I'm talking about? It's like he, he, he wants to, the, the, the popular dude wants to hook up with Molly Ringwald. Yeah. And he's dating this girl. His, his the popular girl, and then the nerd ends up with the popular. I remember girl. that, yeah. right? And it just feels like women are just kind of thrown around in this film, you know? Yeah, I think mm-hmm. it was the whole vitriol back then of people could still say shit like "boys will be boys." Yeah, and yeah. that's kind of what it was. And like, if you watch it through that lens, it's fine because all the actors and the writers and the directors all knew it was harmless and like, you know, just for the sake of fun and and being a silly movie. But if you did that today, people would be like, "Oh, he raped her." Right, yeah, no, and uh, I get Donald Trump. I, I get, I get that, but like, I can, I have more problems with Sixteen Candles than I do with like a movie like Revenge of the Nerds, where it's a little more gross in terms of like its content. But I feel like the comedy and the characters are far more stronger in Revenge of the Nerds mm-hmm. than in um, Sixteen Candles. I feel like Sixteen Candles is. It looks nice. It looks good for a 1980s film. Mm-hmm. It's just definitely, like, my least favorite John Hughes film. And really? It's one of my favorites, I think. Yeah? Yeah, really. I, I, can't, I can't deal with the popular dude being like, oh, this girlfriend's okay. I'm going to try to hook up with Molly Ringwald. And then he does at the end, and I'm like... Wait, why are you not okay with that? Because I don't like him. I think he's a scumbag. I never thought he was a scumbag. I always thought he was very Yeah, we watched 16 I've Candles. I've seen it multiple times Anna, as an adult. Help me out here. I haven't seen it. God oh, damn it. <laughs> yeah, and it'd be interesting to see how a girl views it, honestly. Because, like, especially through a modern lens and the way our society is yeah. right now, like, if even more so women would see it as like, oh, that's kind of rapey. I usually, like, I, like, I'll look at, I'll watch Spaceballs. I'll watch Spaceballs. Don't balls. do that. No, it's I, a bad idea. No, I'll watch Spaceballs and be like, okay, like I, you have to put your mind in a particular place, and I can usually do that for films. Sixteen Candles 
rubbed me the wrong way in a lot of ways, and I was not crazy I about. Don't get it. But the cool thing about it, as like I look at the back of the DVD, I'm like PG, cool. Molly Ringwald says the word fucking, and I'm like, okay, I guess you can get away with that in the '80s. Then there's full nudity in the film, and I'm like, and it's PG. Yeah, and it's PG. I'm like, what? 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 Interesting. So yeah, because people right, were smarter back then. It was right before the Temple of Doom incidents. Mm. Oh yeah. So yeah, right. it was like RPG. So yeah. <clears throat> which makes sense for like John Hughes comedies at that time because like Breakfast Club c- Club was well. PG. Yeah, John Hughes back then was like the oh God. How do you how do you equivocate what John Hughes did back then? What kind of movies? He was the master. I know, I'm trying to think, like, what today? What movies today are, are like? Perks of Being Wallflowers, what I hear is commonly... Uh, I yeah. guess. I would say Crazy Stupid Love, maybe? Yeah. Yeah? He, I mean, I think the whole re- one of the big reasons for the PG is that back then... His, I mean, his whole thing was showing young adults how to be adults you know how to get people aged like 15 to 18 to understand what it is to be an adult like that was the biggest theme in all of his movies and it was super eloquent every time and very powerful um and i think you know an unfortunate part of like growing up as a teenager is boys will do fucked up shit to girls and and like in the context of obviously Right, but the girls being okay with that in the film is is what drives me nuts in terms of Sixteen Candles. It's strictly what I'm talking about. In, like, Ferris Bueller and, um, uh, what's the other one? Breakfast Club. I feel like they're more defined as people as opposed to being characters. I feel like these are mostly characters doing character things. I agree. It's more written. More com- by comparison, I agree. Yeah. yeah, Breakfast Club is... Yeah, all those kids are like they feel like real kids, yeah. like real people. Yeah. Where, but I think I guess what I, big thing and whatever I love about this is that as you have probably heard, this is like the quintessential teenage romance movie. That is. Oh yeah, this is like this is like one of the most iconic, like what it means to be a teenage girl or boy, and you're like romantically invested. Fuck in Fuck the world. This. Why? I think that's great. I think that's awful. That's the standard? Oh. No, it's not the standard of like. Fuck me slowly. It's not the standard. It's not the. I don't mean it's the standard of like, this is teaching kids. I mean, it's the standard of like, the classic cheesy teenage movie. That's all. I really like think about how many. Think about how many. You. Like, how many. From now on, when you see a movie that parodies stuff with teenagers, yeah. you're going to recognize so much stuff from Sixteen Candles. You're going to be like, oh, this is taken from that. This this is... this. I, I... Have you not... Do you, are you not aware this is like a massive, massive classic film? No, I'm not writing the critical wave. Really? No, not I at all. I thought this was like common knowledge. This, no, this I thought this was underrated. This was a huge fucking movie. Because I, I never hear about this movie. I hear Dude. about everything else by John Hughes, except yeah. that. They're really? Kidding. I'm the opposite. Sixteen Candles is the, like, the one John Hughes film I haven't seen. Sixteen Candles was the one I heard the most about. And, and I hear Home Alone, Breakfast Club, yeah, Planes, Mobiles. I mean, I hear about those two for sure. More than that. Really? That's yeah. The opposite that's insanity. <laughs> How old are you? 25. That's a risk to ask. No, it's not. <laughs> In five years, it will be. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll be 32, so then. Yeah. And I, I'll still be 25. I'm kidding. <laughs> oh. 
That's fucking funny. <laughs> um, okay, let's move on. I, um, when I was 19, yeah. last thing, for yeah. Valentine's Day, yeah. I took my girlfriend to the theater and we saw this playing in theaters. And there were really? a bunch of people there, yeah. On oh, is this Day. like a re-release? Yeah. I thought you were in the 80s. <laughs> That's how big of a deal it was. It came back to theaters on Valentine's Day. I did, I did hear about this playing again recently, and I was like, cool, maybe I should watch this at some point. But I didn't know it was like a fucking I think phenomenon. So I think Molly Ringwald is so fucking great in it. She's so charming. She's so great in Breakfast right? Club. She is, is that good too? in this. Yeah, she yeah. is good in this. <clears throat> She's like uh, the modern Judy Garland. Kind of like, not like not the most attractive the most attractive, like, ideal Hollywood girl, but, like, she is attractive in her own way. Yeah. 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 At that time. Well, uh, yeah, and I mean, she always played the character that was, like, how do you describe it without being slightly sexist? I don't know. Like, It's tough. I mean, it's a, it's a trope back then, so it's a cliche, like, that she was the girl that was, yeah, still very pretty, but more obtainable. And, like, she was the girl that would that the main guy would get. Yeah. And because, like, he has the super hot popular girlfriend, but she's actually, like, a stupid idiot. Yeah. And she's trashy. And Molly Ringwald's always the one who's, like, more quiet and introverted, but intelligent and more, like, emotionally stable. Is Nick safe? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. Cool. <laughs> no. I think you did a very great job. Thank you. I'm a little worried. Hannah, what else you got? I think that's it in like the past week or so. Okay. Anything from this past year that you but... want to talk about at all that popped out? Past year. Like, uh, oh, did you I see some... Suicide Squad? Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> oh, I yeah. started drinking at the beginning of that film and I don't remember the end. That's good. Yeah. The ending is the fucking worst. Oh my god. <laughs> At least I thought I, I still stick by it. like the first like fifteen twenty minutes were actually pretty good. They were fun. They introduced the characters in a good way, but then after that I was just like fuck this. Um, I watched it in the theater thinking it was great, but I think that's because I didn't really see it. <laughs> yeah, I remember yeah, having more fun with it, but reckon but immediately recognizing Batman v Superman being a better film, and that's made me have problems with the way I viewed movies mm-hmm. after that. So. I had to be very kind of strict on my viewing experience from that point on. Yeah, in terms fair. of like how I look at a film, I guess just because yeah. it's like I had fun with it, but it's not a good movie. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, I guess I can mention uh, I watched a mini series called The Kennedys, mm-hmm. which is about yeah. the life of uh, the Kennedys. Yeah. Um, it's okay um it's pretty much the first half is about joe kennedy senior then the second half is jfk and then the last half is robert kennedy mm-hmm. and all the stuff with joe kennedy i didn't know anything about joe kennedy senior i don't know anything about him either. fucking prick holy fuck he really? is monster he is so egocentric about his family name he is so oh. driven to have his family be put into the White House because he lost the opportunity to run for president Hmm. um, in his time that he pretty much forced his children to be like, you fucking need to go to the White House and become president. So Joe Kennedy um, was going to be running, but then he died in a plane crash. No, he died during the war. And so JFK ended up being kind of the kid that had to Mm -hmm. carry the mantle because his father pretty much forced him into 
running into politics while JFK wanted to be kind of like a history teacher and go mm. running with the women and all that jazz, you know, being with JFK. Mm-hmm. Um, then the second half is pretty much about JFK and follows the Cuban Missile Crisis, basically, and the Bay of Pigs and everything. Mm-hmm. And um, then, it, then it kind of, it does the assassination and gets it over with quickly. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool, I guess we're done with the... Well, that's been talked about for... Yeah, but the way they if handle you... it in the show is like, you know, that's always a big moment, so they should treat it pretty big. I don't agree. You don't agree? That's like one of the biggest moments in politics. Exactly. It's yeah. been talked about. Like, if you took every word that's been written or yeah. spoken on a script in a movie or in a yeah. book about that event yeah. and put it in a one book, it would be like 50 million words. Like, just too much. There's an overabundance of... Well, I feel like with a miniseries, like, it's different, like, in a movie, but in, like, in a miniseries where you have time to kind of explore these characters, Mm -hmm. it's like, you have time to get to know JFK and kind of his health problems, his affair with Marilyn Monroe, and, um, his relationship with Jackie Kennedy. That's built in the show, and it does a good job with, uh, what's his name? Greg, uh, he's in Little Miss Sunshine. What is his name? Greg something. He's the dad in Little Miss Sunshine. Mm. I know know. you're talking about. Greg something. Um, Greg, oh my god, it's at the tip of my tongue. But um, he plays JFK. He's great JFK. Oh. And um, uh, his wife, uh, Jacqueline Kennedy, played by Katie Holmes, mm-hmm. is fine. But at least um, like you get to know this character and get to understand his relationship and you know his passion and where he wants to go and everything. But then by the time we get to the assassination, his character is pretty much brushed under the rug and it's becomes more about, and it, it makes sense, because the show, the show is pretty much carried by Robert Kennedy and, um, uh, what's his name, uh, Joe Kennedy. Mm. It's pretty much about, <clears throat> kind of, their legacies, more than anything. And I yeah. felt like the Robert Kennedy stuff's a good, it's good to explore, but there's not a lot that's explored there, because mm. pretty much Robert Kennedy didn't get very far, unfortunately, yeah. so... It's fine. It's a little sterile. Um, Katie Holmes is fine. The guy who plays Robert Kennedy is good. And Tom Wilkinson, who plays uh, Joe Kennedy Sr., is really oh, good. Oh, Tom Wilkinson. He's good. very good in it. Hmm. So if I, if you had to watch the show for anything, it's um, his performance as Joe Kennedy Sr. And the character is written very well. It's really kind of like... I feel bad. You, you hate him, but then by the end you feel bad for him because you know he feels like God has abandoned him because he was a Catholic and everything. And he lost... His three sons, you know, it's 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 tragic for him, and I I think he's a very well written, well rounded uh, character in the show. So mm-hmm. it's interesting, mm-hmm. not a great show, but it's interesting. Yeah, is that on Netflix? No, I, my mom um, let me borrow it because she loves okay. the miniseries and she loves the Jacqueline Kennedy, and I'm like, oh, you're gonna love Jackie then. Mm-hmm. Um, Nick, do you have anything else? Is that it? Uh, we hadn't really talked about it. I watched a lot of Jinji Ito. Like, oh, the relations. Yeah. Or just like, yeah, uh, stories. Yeah, it's, it's I don't want to watch more. I had a scary guy. He's pretty he spooky. Of horrible things. The dream one. Have you... I watched Long Dream, yeah. Isn't that one, like, that one for me is terrifying. That doesn't scare me too much. I mean, it still freaks me out, but I don't have like a personal fear of anything like that. Yeah. So, but it was for me. It was just super interesting. Yeah, I, I and the way his his body yeah. would evolve. Yeah, when he was oh man, that drove me nuts. Yeah, that yeah. was the way he was just like his face was like 
Yeah. I feel like there's a few times. It's, it's that one, like, that one, uh, people refer to the mountain one being scary. I didn't, that one didn't drive me nuts. Like, it's, the yeah, mountain one? the one with the, the holes. holes. Oh, that freaked me out. It's, have you, are you familiar with the, what? Junji Ito. Junji Ito? No. He's like a Japanese Twilight Zone guy. Yeah, it's pretty, yeah. It, that's a very, gr- that's a great way of describing it. It's <laughs> like the Twilight Zone if it was by a Japanese person who had really horrible, awful, disturbing thoughts. So it's like these horror stories, they're all manga, they're, nothing's animated, but mm-hmm. if you go on YouTube and type Junji Ito, you'll actually find his mangas uh, panel by panel with sound effects, voiceover, Subtitles, music, they do a good and job. It, it it really feels like a show. It's yeah. it's extremely well presented, and they're really scary. But um, yeah, that's a great way of describing it. Try, you know. I, f- I figured because it's like it's you know it's it's science fiction in a way, mm-hmm. and it's like some of it's sci-fi, reality. some of it's fantasy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I wa- I also watched the one. I think it's called like Haunted Mansion in the Forest. I haven't seen that one. Yet. It's a sh- it's it's not one of the better ones, but it's just pretty straightforward it's it's really creepy because it's about a father and daughter who buy a house in the woods mm-hmm. and the person who there's a person who, there's a woman who wants to move in there mm-hmm. and she always has this creepy smile Great. and this perfect haircut and she's like six five <laughs> Great. and then at the end the house gets like it turns out the house is possessed Great. and the house is like using her is like possessing her mm-hmm. and there's uh junji ito always what I've seen, noticed huh? in all of his stories mm-hmm. is near the very end of the story, there's always one panel that's supposed to be, like, the big shocking panel. Right, right. Where, like, in uh, in Long Dream, it Long was, like, Dream, yeah. his final evolved form. Yeah. It was kind of, like, the big reveal. of like. Oh, and then the mountain like? one was, like, what was coming the out The whole, from, yeah. Yeah, in um, yeah, this one, it's... that. The story isn't that scary, but... But the ending? But the ending, it's, like, uh, it's like inside... And the house has turned into like, it's like melting and like swirling and yeah. and like screaming. The house is screaming, yeah. and the woman is up on this banister high above the people, naked, just like Great. deformed and like long, and she's just staring at them. It's just like, <laughs> oh, it's terrifying. Yeah. If the story out, if the stories don't always work, it's always the endings that will be. Yeah. There. And he always has interesting ideas no matter what. Yeah. What's the guy's name again? Junji Ito. Okay. Yeah, it's really good stuff. I can't remember how I came across it. I can link you some on Facebook to remind you. That would be helpful. Watch it before you go to bed tonight. No. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> no. Um, no way to the daylight. Okay. Hannah, do you have anything else? No. Cool. Um, I have... I'll talk about two more things. Um, I watched Zootopia for the first time. Oh, yeah. What a what a what a movie! Yeah, that's great. I, I was first off surprised by how dark it was. Mm-hmm. Like it starts with the fucking bunny squirting out ketchup in a very kind of graphic manner. And yeah, I'm like, it 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 immediately makes you fall in love with the main character. Yeah, what's her name? Uh, Jenny Hop, Ben, but something hops. Yeah, hops. some hops. hops. Yeah. Um, I. I think it's a very reflective film right now, a very important film right now, and I think it's uh, it's it's definitely um, a, a animated film aimed for children, but still trying to be like you know, it's still I think it's trying to prove its points in a very adult, a mature way, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think the voice cast is amazing. Um, like uh, Idris Elba didn't recognize. Yeah. I was like, oh, there's Idris again. Mm-hmm. He's had a busy year. Um, yeah. Very busy. What else? Uh, J.K. Simmons is good in it. Uh, Jason Bateman. Bateman, who I don't normally like, was very good in this. Yeah. Um, it was. Been... A, it was another different character for him, similar yeah. to the gift. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's like yeah. for me, it's like he's getting better and better in my book. Like, was yeah. he in? Um, he was in Krampus, right? No. Mm-mm. He wasn't Krampus? No, you're thinking of, you're thinking of uh, Adam Scott, <laughs> who has a very, very similar acting style. <laughs> that's true. That's why, that's why I'm not crazy about Adam Scott either. Okay. Yeah. Um, it was really good. I Well, I loved it um, because it's my third five-star of the year. Mm-hmm. Just because I was just really impressed with it. Um, yeah, it is, it is... That's a good word. It isn't just like an above average animated film it's an impressive animated film yeah i, th- I think it looks gorgeous yeah, like the detail is amazing like when she's like driving back to the town and she's passing all those trees trees look amazing mm-hmm. you gotta appreciate good tree animation and oh man you seen it right yeah that part near the end when they've like broken up as friends and oh, then they're I under cried. the bridge, and yeah. she comes back, and she's crying, yeah. and she's like, "Oh, it's oh, so good." That was brutal. I cried Holy a lot. Shit. Like I cried when um she was like, "You should join the police academy." Yeah. After he said his whole story about getting bullied at mm-hmm. the uh, being oh, yeah. a scout, I was like, I was his losing backstory. my mind. His backstory is so amazing. Sad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's so good. It's just so well thought out. It's yeah, just, it it's is. a great, great, great film. So. Mm-hmm. It will definitely be in my top ten of the year. Um, cool, and then I guess the last thing is Bioshock Infinite. Oh, okay, great. Yeah. So, I guess I want—I don't want—I want anyone who's listening to this, including you. I want you to play this. I don't want to give away what happens at the end. Well, in all realism, are you ever going to play this? Maybe you, oh, one okay. of my roommates has okay. it. Cool. There it is. I think it's worth playing and not knowing anything. Like that? Yeah, it is. I think, I th- well, I, I'll be vague about it, but like, pretty much overall, be vague. fuck it. Well, yeah, it is. <laughs> but uh, I'll try. I, uh, we might have to do Talk a little dancing. Um, Talk about it on Black Friday. Yeah, well, we should, yeah. Um, I thought it was excellent. Yeah. Like, the game, like, immediately being thrown into that world, mm-hmm. like, um, like, I like... Columbia. I, Columbia is amazing. It is amazing. Like, I'm playing the first Bioshock right now. I like Rapture. Rapture is fine. Yeah, it's... as a location, Columbia is far more interesting. Well, it's just, I think I think what's interesting is, like, the spin on history. Oh, with, yeah. Uh, the uh, Father Washington and yeah. um, Lincoln being accused as, like, a martyr John or something. Wilkes, yeah, John Wilkes No, Booth? John Wilkes Booth is a, is, is is a, a celebrated yeah, martyr. Yeah, he's a celebrated... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's nuts. Like, it's great. Like, alternate universe where... Uh, do you know what year it takes place? Cause I it takes place in like 1890, I think. Okay. I think. Alternate universe yeah. where, for whatever reason... No, 1912. Sorry, 1890 yeah, was thought, the okay. uh, battle. Because we then. because it's an alternate World War One. Yes. Yes. Yeah, because of what happens. Yes. With the f- so there's a... There's a no, there isn't was... that in the 80s, though? World War One. No, the uh, the events you're talking about. I don't about. know, but yeah, exactly. It was it was an alternate universe version of World War One, right? Where now World War One doesn't happen. Anyway, hmm. America has this. Does it start as a city? Just or no? The plan was to build a flying city, right? Yeah. 
So the America, they're like, we're, we're America, we're the greatest in the world, we're the inventors, we're going to lead the way through technology and innovation, and they build a city that can fly. Like an entire city that can go above into our atmosphere and fly above the whole world, kind of like a, a, a cruiser, like a Navy ship, mm-hmm. so it can just go anywhere it wants. And then, of course, it fucking ends up bombing a bunch of people, and it's like this alternate universe. where That's the 80s, though. Yeah, so yeah. now this is about 20 years after yeah. that, where Columbia is now this really creepy, weird, like, secret society, yeah. where a lot of bigots and racists live. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a sanctuary for racists and bigots and... But they're kind of light on the racism. Yeah, it's not everybody. Which I'm a little surprised by. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's an interesting game. Because, yeah, when it came out, pretty much everyone said the same thing. As time has gone on, people still agree the world building and the narrative is, like, amazing. Some of the best ever, but people agree the gameplay isn't very good. Because you just run into a room, you use a power, you shoot a bunch of people, and you do that 200 times. Um, And it doesn't really change. I guess I've never had that problem with games. Like, as long as, like, I'm in the story, I'm good. Like, right now, I have a a fucking nightmare of a problem with the Bioshock gameplay in the original. I hate it. That's interesting. I hate the gameplay. I prefer the original. I like the Infinite a lot more. I think, again, it's, like, this one of those things where it's, like, what do you play first? Like, Bioshock Infinite or Bioshock? Absolutely. Like, I hate the changing of, like... It just... It felt quicker in um yeah it was quicker in uh infinite mm-hmm. and another thing well bioshock one yeah. is a slower game much slower. that's true you're it's supposed whole, you're yeah. supposed to be stealthier super yeah oh yeah mm-hmm. and i'm definitely like i just want to run into the room and start shooting and yeah, every, time runs out, every time i run into the room a turret gets me i'm like oh shit well you yeah a unfortunately turret? you a, t- a turret, oh, a turret. <laughs> I you said no, a no. Turret. I was no, like... no no at the very least you <laughs> You have to finish Bioshock 1. Bioshock 2 is optional, but you have to go back after you finish Bioshock 1 and play Bioshock Burial at Sea. Yeah, I'm going to play that. Which is, I think, a two- or three-part DLC for Infinite, but it takes place... You're playing Booker in Rapture. That's what I've heard. That's why I wanted to play the first one. And it... Here's Infinite. Here's Bioshock 1. Threads are connected now. Oh, nice. That's what it does. And it does it in a fucking insane way that's another thing about uh, Bioshock Infinite was I liked that it wasn't so it was its own thing pretty much mm-hmm. except for like the ending kind of what about, I don't when they go to Rapture oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah well sort of it's like in a it's like a little here's a nod in know? order to fully understand the ending we have to talk for like three hours I mean I don't know if you've like watched a bunch of videos on I it. watched one and then everything else I watched was everyone complaining about the gameplay I'm like this is not what I want to watch yeah. when it came out it was yeah it was a big deal like tons and tons and pages of videos analyzing the end of the game ah uh, I wish I no it's again I hate playing these games like after the fact because I would have loved talking about this at the time just YouTube Bioshock Infinite story analysis from like three years ago. Alright. Don't do any recent videos. True. The best part about Bioshock Infinite for me and what I thought was incredible um, character work was Elizabeth. Mm -hmm. She is phenomenal. The way they uh, her AI works. The way like I'm about to run out of a bullet. She's like here here's some more ammo and I'm like well, thank you. You're so useful as a side character. You yeah. know, you don't get in the way. You feel very present. She's looking at stuff. She feels real, you mm-hmm. know? And her character, like, physically kind of, like, transforms. Or, like, you see kind of, like, you know, her, her uh, uh, like, her uh, shirt's kind of ripped from, like, being 
pulled around by a bad guy or like you know she's covered in blood from a previous fight or something mm-hmm. you can see even in her personality and face she is matures as the game goes on i mean it's incredible the way yeah. that they handle her character yeah yeah she's great yeah um I'm in love with My her. favorite <laughs> motif of the Shock games, because there's Bioshock 1, 2, Infinite, and then there's System Shock 1 and 2, which are super old. They don't hold up. Oh, but yeah. the stories are really yeah. good. And the one the continuous theme through all three of these franchises mm-hmm. is that there always has to be a giant, scary robot character. And it's the big daddies in Bioshock in 1. one yeah. And Songbird and... And I think Songbird is just the... F- it's so fucking scary. Like, when you're first encountering it, because you understand it better by the end of the game. But that was one of my favorite parts. Because at the beginning of the game, when you first encounter it, you're like, oh, fuck that. So I always had forgotten about the Songbird. Because the Songbird oh, really? would be mentioned every once in a while. And yeah. it would show up. But uh, it was the... Uh, was there anything scary in Bioshock? No, well, that's that's so. what it was. It was supposed to be Songbird. Because oh, okay. I thought Songbird was fucking terrifying. Big Daddies don't scare me. I find them annoying. I'm like, fucking die already, yeah. is how I look at them. Great. But I like I like the Big Daddies. I'm almost <laughs> done with Bioshock when I just got oh. to the twist. And I oh, think I got did to... you pass the twist? Or you, you're I'm, at it? I'm past the twist. Okay. And I think I'm about to fight the final boss. A man obeys... Or a man decides a slave obeys. You're past that. I'm past that. Okay. Yeah, I've, yeah. I, I've. That's figured... one of the biggest. That was one of the biggest shocks in the history of video games ever. It was a huge fucking deal. When was that it? Happened. Okay. Oh, that that like changed video games when that happened. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. That's okay. why Bioshock is so famous. Well, shit. Yeah. Play it. For the longest time, I had no idea that um, video games had such like a complex storyline to them and it was like participating they kind of like started they the kind of started yeah. like 10 years ago I mean they've always before I think that, Half-Life they, 2 has been the kind of the perpetrator it was definitely one of the big ones Halo also did it mm-hmm. Halo Halo's story Doom didn't really do that Doom not didn't at all do that. yeah no yeah like Halo Halo and Half-Life were kind of the big ones that started like 10 years ago yeah, yeah prior to that yeah games didn't really have a story at all or they were like you kind of like point A to point B and now yeah. it's like now it's Z. like now it's like okay, I just got to the credits. I have to watch a three-hour analysis to make un- to make sense. Like they're like movies. Yeah, Infinite was like a movie, that's more more than a video yeah. game. And that's what I liked about uh like Skyrim. Skyrim is like a game mm-hmm. where it's like I like the world building and I also like the main story and all these other side stories. And that's the same with Infinite. Infinite gave that to me again, which yeah. I was like, okay, I, I gotta give you some really strong story games. Yeah, that's, that's what, what I primarily play. That's what I'm looking for now, just because like that was just a game. I was like, oh, you know what? I need to get away from work. I need to relax. I can't watch a movie because I've watched a thousand movies and I'm tired of watching something. I want to be a part of something. Yeah. I'm going to play a video game. So I just, <laughs> I don't know when, just pulled out Infinite. So oh, nice. Okay, good. Go check it out. Worked out well. Yeah, really did. I was. I'm in love with it. I can't stop listening to uh, "Will the Circle Be Unbroken." The, uh, the the ch- the Christian kind of chant song that it's so good the soundtrack is yeah, so good. Yeah. All right, so that's it for what we watched. Cool. So uh, that is bringing us to the end of the show, the third act. Uh, coming to theaters this week, we have Moana. Moana, is that right? Yeah. Nice. Good job. Thank you. Um, we have Robert Zemeckis's Allied, and we have Bad Santa too. No. Yeah! We made a second one. We made a second one. Every comedy's getting a sequel. It's great. We're getting Goon 2. It's going to be great. What's that? It's a sequel to Goon. What's it's a that? hockey movie. 
That sounds terrible. <laughs> so next week we're gonna be reviewing. Whatever that is. <laughs> next week we'll be reviewing Moana. Um, I might check out a uh, Bad Santa too because I like Bad Santa, but I don't know. I've been burnt before and. Does so it have like the midget in it? Dude, that looks that looks absolutely horrendous. Like Bad Santa too? Yeah, it looks like the bottom of the barrel, worst thing I've ever seen. I'm sorry. You can't watch that. I'm watching it. No! You watch the You're gonna give fun. it a lot You watched XOXO this year. Fuck you. Um Cool, so Hannah, do you have any social media presence that you'd like to throw out for our listeners? Um you like, My social media is so sad. I am on Twitter. I you're tweet on Twitter? Sometimes. What do you, what do you, what's your Twitter? Uh, my Twitter is uh, Hannah Hansen 3. Hannah Hansen 3. Yeah. Follow Hannah Hansen. Yeah. Hannah Hansen I tweet a lot 3. about beer, so if you drink beer. Dope. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> um, cool. So you can follow us on letterbox.com slash director of Nolan K. Slansky. Uh, please subscribe to us and rate and review us on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, follow us on our Facebook at the Third Act, and that's about it. Hannah, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Third mm-hmm. Act. Thank you for having me. This of course. Is and um, yeah, that brings us to the end of the show. I am Justin. I'm Nick. And we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye.